going on, everybody? It is episode 371 of Pop Culture Crisis. I am here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please? Hello, Crisis Actors. It's Mary. I believe I'm being judged by the chat for drinking seltzer water through a straw. And honestly, I'm offended. They're also judging my Donald Trump dance. Yeah, we yeah. were doing the Donald Trump yeah. dance. It's, it His is. signature move. You gotta it's be pushing to- a cart. He's pushing a cart. <laughs> and your feet stay just <laughs> right where they are. Like his when he dances, That's, his feet never he's move. He's of the TikTok generation. Yes. I was saying this. When everybody gets used to doing TikTok dances instead of actually dancing, you're going to be in a nightclub and nobody's moving their feet. Yeah. It's all above the waist. He should, uh, like, he. so you should get, like, a on mid-journey and get pictures of Donald Trump line <laughs> dancing. If they haven't already. Yeah, I want to see Donald Trump line dance with a bunch of people that don't like him. I know. Robert De Niro and Donald Trump line dancing. There's probably tons of footage of him in nightclubs in the 80s and 90s just, living it up he's a he's a he's a straight edge right like he's like he always says like he doesn't drink he's not a drugs. drinker yeah. he likes diet coke and well done steak yeah he's high uh, on life and love i would i would <laughs> you know he's got a lot of energy for a guy his age yeah you know he's definitely getting up there but yeah. has more more spirit than most you know the best thing that he ever had the best photo op that he ever got was that picture of him like going back to air force one just looking just exhausted <laughs> with his maga hat in his hand did you ever see I that have, one no i actually did yeah. he's so human like yeah. i love that i loved that photo and like he I don't know so if you've seen this one photo. too, but he's at Mar-a-Lago and he's sitting at a table. Everyone around him is buzzing around, talking to each other, milling about, and he's just like he's smiling. He, he knows how to get good optics. That and the picture of he's him great. hugging the American flag. That was that was fantastic optics. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today, <laughs> ladies and other gentlemen. Than Trump. Other than yes, other than Drumpler. We're gonna talk <laughs> about Can. We're gonna talk about Robert De Niro taking it all the way back to twenty sixteen. It's like we've been transported back in time to twenty sixteen. Yeah. Well they never major, left. Yeah, they, it's not time travel. They never left twenty sixteen. I saw an amazing meme the other day. It says like uh, two thousand eleven it's like a timeline. It says like two thousand eleven to two thousand fifteen nostalgia. 2015 to 2020 and then it just says 2016 <laughs> and then 2020 to now it says pandemic so yeah. all of 2016 to 2020 was all just 2016 i can't relate to people who didn't um let go of like the pandemic era after like that summer yeah. basically because yep. i went to school after that my school had no regulation mm and no acknowledgement whatsoever of the fact that that shit just happened. And I, it was awesome. I loved I loved it the whole time because I got to skate at hundreds of, like everywhere I, that I would never be yeah. able to skate normally. Like, so it would be like the middle of the week and I could just go to a government, like a, a government building and go skate all the handrails and all the ledges that I never got a chance to skate outside of maybe once in a while on a Sunday. Did you have to mask? I, I mean, I was, I was outside, so I didn't really, Some didn't really people, matter. I don't know. There were some people that got dogged for not wearing a mask outside. So some people like I did have one of those situations. Thank you. I did have one of those situations where a guy comes like walks across a park to me mm-hmm. to tell me I need to put a mask on. So he like walks across an entire park. to You like, burned get all those calories just for me to not listen to you. bro. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> someone we, said uh, PCC backwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just realized. Yeah. 
We've yeah. been the CCP. We're CCP agents. So Mary may be the authoritarian one, but I'm the wolf in sheep's clothing I mean, that pretends to care about. Look at our poll today. Yes. Democracy is alive and well. <laughs> uh, I, I put a poll up, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for mentioning that, guys. I put out a segment over the weekend. It's a new thing I'm doing here. And it's, there we go. It's a new thing that we're doing here where I'm doing what's called Have You Seen? And I'm pitching to you guys old movies and television shows that I really, really love and adore. It's about eight minutes long and it's on a show called called Person of Interest, and it's really just telling you why should you watch this show, what about it was relevant then, what about it is relevant now. Go ahead and take the poll. The poll today says, have you watched that segment? And the answers were either yes, I have watched it, or no, but I will watch it as soon as this episode is over because, <laughs> like the CCP, we're very authoritarian here. We don't give you more choices. Yes. Yes. We All have, false choices. We, the illusion of choice. I love it. So what else? We're going to talk about Kim Kardashian talking about how she has to play good cop, bad cop with Kanye West with the kids. And it kind of folds into a larger discussion about how no matter how much money these celebrities seem to have, they don't ever seem to be all that happy. So we're yeah. going to discuss that. We are also going to talk about Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Swift. She's not being a good enough LGBTQ yeah. ally. Yeah. Are you surprised that nothing is good enough? <sighs> you shouldn't be. It's, uh, it's a Once you start playing that game, we'll when, get into it, but you know, once you start playing that game, they're never going to be satisfied. It's really funny. I mentioned that when we Ooh, were talking we've got about one that. From oh, Deuce Boo Brett, did you see the comment I just put under your most recent tweet? China blue-washed Ariel in their Little Mermaid poster. You think they'll change her skin color in their version of the actual film, too? No. No, they will not, but we're about to talk about that. We're going to get into that. Have no have no fear. So we're going to talk about that. washing I love it. <laughs> the Blue Man group is like, our time is now again. They're yes. going to come back. Taylor Swift is not a good enough ally. We're going to get into that. Also, iDubbbz has released an apology for all of the offensive content that he made when he was uh, younger, right? Yeah, in his in his 20s. He was just a child at the time. In his 20s. That, that's what, this, In Kellen's perfect world... That's the world we're coming to he now. He really hates just... his fan base. Yes. I think so. I, it, it's <clears> not <throat> just Hollywood that has contempt for the audience. It's yep. YouTubers now, too. Uh, but, like, when I, like, Kellen keeps talking about how, like, yeah, they're not, we're not mature enough. Like, kids need to grow. Like, we need to, to that push adulthood. That was one time. He probably doesn't even believe that because Kellen will just push back on anything we say. I think he believes it. So, I, you know, I, I think we need to keep, we need to start putting responsibility on these kids right away. No student loan debt forgiveness. None of that crap. You're an adult. Act like an adult. We're going to get into all that. So, all right, Mary, if you're ready, we will just get right into the start of the show. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Then let's get started. First things first. The Chad, uh, the Chad CEO of, of uh, Warner Brothers Discovery got a little bit of pushback when he was giving a commencement speech over the weekend. Yes. Uh, he was doing this for Boston University. That's one of the Ivies, right? Yes. Or close to I it. I believe so. I guess uh, no, he's giving it, their commencement address. Isn't it true that uh, MIT and Caltech are not technically considered Ivy? They're not Ivy League schools. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. There are some that are like second tier. Yeah. But anyway, people were chanting, pay your writers. And he's just like, well, let me let me dry my tears with all this money I have because I'm a Fortune 500 CEO. I think they're doing just fine. Uh, yeah, um, I also I just do love how he always got his sunglasses on. There's this. There's he just this he one, doesn't take off his sunglasses. There's this one photo of him where he's pointing at the camera like this, and I use it on all the thumbnails because it's just like cry harder because he's always looks like, hey, look at me, I'm wealthy. He I, never takes off the sunglasses. Does, it doesn't seem true? like it. He's like he goes he's on to, drugs. He goes to the boardroom, the board meeting. He goes, the sunglasses stay on during votes. 
Mm. I like it. So yeah, he was giving a commence. I wonder if that must have been his alma mater. But it says uh, yeah. as far as the speech itself, following the conventional graduation advice outline of learning passed along from an elder. Uh, Zaslav urging grads to recognize their strengths and weaknesses, particularly the latter. He returned to touchstones in his career, name-checking former General Electric, oh wow, and uh, CEO Jack Welch, and Warner Brothers Discovery member John Malone. Those relationships, uh, friendships, and mentorships will enrich and propel you. I'm pretty sure that these picketers were not students. They were not invited to this event. They were just there. The students are like, I'm trying to yeah. I'm celebrating. They're ruining the graduation ceremony for the people who are actually graduating. Uh, in the chat, Master Yoda says maybe he's blind. We're being sarcastic. He doesn't always have his sunglasses on. There's just more photos than average of a of a kind of flubby looking white CEO. The of him looking cool, kind of like when Bezos. Have you ever uh. seen that old meme where it says like it's Jeff Bezos in '97 and it says I sell books, and then it's Jeff Bezos in like a motorcycle jacket and Ray Bans. It says I sell whatever the fuck I want, <laughs> like because that's essentially he had to turn himself into that you know how beyonce's fan base is the beehive why isn't it bezos's fan base they should be the beehive yeah does bezos have a fan base i don't know about that <laughs> musk has a fan base i don't know if bezos ironically no bezos is just you know, the he, guy he who carved... forced himself into your life by making something you need bezos got a <coughs> i guess a figure of his girlfriend no. carved into the front of his yacht recently did you see that well when you can afford another yacht if they it all look goes wrong. crazy yeah. they really do yeah um, he, he, just, he looks like he's up on the hgh to me he's too cut she for does dude too age. very weird uh so not it, an aesthetic couple i do like what he's saying i mean he is right about what he's saying in this where he says like these relationships will enrich you one of the big reasons you were supposed to go to college was all of the connections you were eventually going to make right it wasn't just about getting your degree it was a form of networking and people should actually be doing that so i, I oh by the way i saw a linkedin commercial today i didn't know linkedin took the time to make commercials on television, but I saw a LinkedIn commercial on network television while I was waiting for my car. I thought that they were just sticking to hiring girls in their marketing department who are like my age making TikToks. It was the girl in the ad was a girl your age doing <laughs> doing dances. So it's essentially okay. that. You know? Yeah, they're sticking with that. All right. Tell us about Chris Martin. Yeah, recently he had a concert scheduled in Malaysia and he's getting calls for this is from cancel it this is from coldplay yeah in case people don't know chris martin from coldplay one of the least offensive musical acts i can think of in this day and age compare it to sam smith or any of these people it's like protesting elevator music at a at a at a so concert (laughs) nazruddin hassan the leader of the malaysian islamic party called for them to cancel his show in Malaysia. (laughs) He said, what does the government want to nurture a culture of hedonism and perversion in this country? What is he perverse I advise you to just cancel this group's performance in Malaysia. It brings nothing good to religion, race, and country. I would love to know (laughs) what the hell is so controversial about this guy. Coldplay is one of the least degenerate pop acts out there it's, right now he also um what was their big song um there were a lot i mean yeah the scientist this uh, there's a great mike posner version of that yellow where, he, where uh where mike posner re uh remixes <laughs> that song um and then chris martin responds to it and he just said you know nobody is excluded at our shows everyone from all different backgrounds is welcome da 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 yeah. just the general like western tolerance mantra which for this situation makes total sense 
But then I was surprised that there were these other situations. Uh, one Muslim preacher from Malaysia also called for Blackpink to cancel a show there in March. And they want to, this, this political party there wants to call for a total ban on international concerts. Mary's like, let's go. They, they threatened to protest uh, Billie Eilish there as well. How do you feel about that? Billie Eilish, you could argue degenerate lyrics or, or imagery, but Coldplay? We saw what she was doing with her brother, and frankly, we don't approve. Blackpink, I also don't understand, um, because uh, none of their songs seem to be degenerate to me, but who they're the, also... Who is the dude from BTS that we did the video about recently, where the guy... The Jimin. Fake, Jimin? Yes. He has a song on the Fast X soundtrack. Not surprising to me whatsoever. But not the not BTS. It's Jimin from BTS, yeah, and it's in like in all of no. But he's like with I think he's with um, Ty Dolla Sign and uh, okay. a couple of other people. But the funny part was like he's not listed as Jimin. He's listed as Jimin from BTS. Yeah, because it's still it's still foreign to people in the U.S. Like yeah. except for the stands on Twitter. We. We it's went and got Korean, Korean barbecue over the weekend. And just oh, where? Nothing. Uh, I guess you shouldn't say on the yeah, show. Yeah, like but nothing but K-pop the whole time. I love and it's Korean just, barbecue. It was, so, uh, it was so upbeat. I also love like their weird mukbang foods. Like yes. um, it's just literally fried cheese or like corn dogs that are just gigantic. Me with my with my diet of a child, I just ate the the, the meat, you know basically brisket so yeah yeah so our, nice. so so yeah so they're, they're upset at them for this and <laughs> i can't think of anything battle. i can't think of anything less offensive than weird than battle Coldplay. to pick with them like the, now that i think about it there's an old episode of um of bones where, where the sweets makes a joke you wouldn't be able to make now because like she's like in the episode Bones is like dating like a muscular dude who works as like an underwater driller and she goes out with him like she, all she does is have sex with the guy and then there's another guy who who's, she's seeing who looks effeminate who she only goes and does like intellectual stuff with hmm. and they have to kind of like show her because she has her quirks they're like you can't really do this they're like she's like well why not She's like, do they know about each other? No, you can't. That really... would never be on TV now. Yeah, but no, that's not even the the, fun, the funny part. Is like when they're talking about the effeminate guy, they're like, he took me to a Coldplay concert. They're like, he's gay. They're like, how do you know? They're like, tight Italian suit, Coldplay. Uh, they're like, uh, lisp, Coldplay. They just keep listing Coldplay as the reasons why the guy is gay. Um, <laughs> it was a different culture. Can't, you can't do that. Now. Um, you wouldn't be able to do that. Now. This also says Coldplay recently contributed to a compilation in honor of earth day uh along there's, a, with one there's act, a big one right there from francisco sanchez jr that i did not see. catch sorry about that he said hello to the dynamic duo coldplay's first three albums are good rest or crap i guess yep. that means poop emoji uh true very i have, true i didn't listen to any they just started making more radio pop type music there's nothing um, at a certain point you've gotten enough success the the success vacuum gets a hold of you this, and you're kind of just this earth day thing was funny to me because they collaborated with bring me the horizon for it and it, if you guys don't know there is some internet lore here that <laughs> at one point ollie sykes from bring me the horizon was performing at an event where chris martin was seated in the crowd and he like a true rock star started performing on the tables like jumping on the tables and kicking as one does. plates around and stuff like that and <laughs> there was a rumor that chris martin grabbed uh, some hummus and started just lobbing it at 
Ollie Sykes. Maybe that's the problem. Like maybe literally the... throwing hummus at him. Maybe that. Maybe that's a hate crime. Sometimes I don't know if that's true or not, but it was <laughs> it was hilarious to copy pasta that back yep. in the day. Just thought I'd mention. And next we have this story of a devout Taylor Swift fan, a there Swiftie. Some, not even in our who, normal topic, but there's always so much Taylor Swift to talk yeah, about. Yeah, he he applied to become a security guard just so that he could attend her concerts in Nashville. It almost seems fake to me. Like one of those things where it's too good. It does, but it happened. It also, it'd be funny if this was the security guard she was yelling at for being mean to those fans. Oh, yeah. She she got praised for that, which yeah. I found strange. I she think... basically scolded uh, a security guard for telling... I get that telling... security guards go too far sometimes, but she just does that because the video is guaranteed to go viral. People, but I guess they kept putting their hands on the barrier where they were not supposed to put their hands or something yeah. like that. And the... she's, she's literally... A multi multi millionaire scolding a low class peon yeah. who's probably <laughs> for uh, just doing his job. Like if it's it might be venue security too, so it might not even be somebody who works for her. Probably like, but not. But it's like contracted out. Yeah, probably not. That's even worse. Like she's just like, hello, guy who works for like a a yeah. temp agency. Just straight up putting him on blast. Like that's just that's some. I don't. That's I don't some like elitist, that behavior. <laughs> that's some elitist BS right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, now guys, do you remember back in? Uh, a couple years ago when uh, Black Panther came out and then also when Star Wars The Force Awakens came out and there were various posters for these productions that were released here and then there were versions of those posters that were released in other countries. Well, a lot of people noticed some discrepancies between <laughs> the American versions of these posters and the posters released in, say, China. Say, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Basically, they totally minimized John Boyega's presence in the Force Awakens poster. And now we have a repeat offense. Well, here's the American Disney. version. This, this is the American, American version There's of the Halle promo Bailey. poster. She's looking very, she's looking beautiful. She's looking up to the sky. She looks almost wistful and uh, like hopeful for the future. Now we have the Chinese version of the poster. Well, um... It's not quite the same. She got blue washed, basically. Yes. It's a, if you look at this poster, there's no way you would be able to tell that Ariel got race swapped. You would not. Um, and we've talked about this race swap so much, not because we're obsessed with it, but because the media is. And it's just ironic how we get called racist, misogynist, all these other names when we simply call out Hollywood's woke pandering, but then... When they kowtow to so China, yeah. they kowtow to China, we aren't allowed to talk about the hypocrisy yeah. there, right? Uh, like some of the comments, are, it's actually really funny too, some of the comments were just saying like the Chinese poster is just better, not because of that, it but is. it's just, it's a better constructed poster. The design yeah. of it, it makes more sense because like, it, it looks more dramatic and less cliche and yeah. cheesy. But um, notice that it just also looks less lively. Like there's no... Um, presence of like her father or yeah. ursula or the other like the other creatures swimming around her which oddly enough they it's could more have done. like it's a little bit lifeless yeah but it also puts more focus on the protagonist yeah which is interesting the first one you'd think that with the chinese version of the one they would want to actually minimize her appearance given that the claim here is that they blue washed it for concerns of racism why not include the other characters to kind of yeah. fill up the poster I think it's almost certainly like race is a factor there because China is a racially homogenous country. Um, 
and is known for basically not having the same diversity values that the West has. Yeah. And that's understandable because they don't live in a diverse culture. And no, they're not going to, to the point that we talked about earlier, they're not going to change the way she looks on film. It's a bait and switch. Exactly. So like they're going to buy the tickets. They're going to go see this movie and then, uh, of course, realize that Ariel has been race swapped. You know what it is? You know what it is? I know what it is. I bet you they just have a really bad money back guarantee policy. There's just no money back guarantees in China. Once you pay, that money is parted and you don't get that money back. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this movie does internationally. That is that is the number one concern here, or like thought here right now, right? Like, how will it do in America? It's got a 70 from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. And to that point, it's like if the people that have been ideologically aligned, I think Grace Randolph said, there's absolutely nothing about this movie you can criticize. And I'm just like, really? Not not you not the not the not the. CGI. She said that in her review. In her review, so or was the, she? It makes it sound like she was stating that like the media has pressured you into praising. No, it she's saying she's saying in her review that like there's no oh there's nothing that you can criticize about this movie. It's perfect just the way it is. I don't know if I believe you because that's impossible. There's no such thing as nothing to criticize. Well, there's, we're we're gonna see it. Yep. This oh, week. I'm I'm so excited. I, do I have to pretend to be excited? I don't want to pretend to be excited. I'm not excited. I don't really care about the Little Mermaid, but we are gonna go see it. We are gonna review it because people will want to hear our opinions on it. But I would be lying if I told you, oh, oh my God! Like uh, I'm so excited to go see the Little Mermaid in 2023. I'm not, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it plays out. Now I'll be able to think like. As I'm watching it, is this a 70 movie? Is this movie a 70? From is, that's the critic score right on now. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, well, it was 70. percent So, you know, and you expected it to be higher. Um, I thought it would be in the in the low to mid 80s. Okay, uh, it might get there after the audience. Well, no, because those would be separate scores. In. Those would be separate scores. I thought that the critic scores would be uh, in the mid 80s. I feel like the critics might um, have this like proxy battle in their minds with the audience. Well, that's, that's why I figured it would be higher because they're like, well, I don't really like it, but the audiences are complaining. Therefore, I don't want to yeah. ever be cons- con- you know, mistaken for somebody that's a pleb. So I must give it a high rating because yeah. I am of the elite class of Hollywood movie reviewers. Yeah, and they're, they're kind of fighting for the honor of Halle Bailey. Well, I mean, who I'd fight for her. Own we've too. never Let's criticized. We've never uh, criticized Halle Bailey specifically herself for just simply being yeah. in this she's, role. She of course, anyone in... would take it. We're criticizing the way that the media has uh, forced her with so many leading questions and, she... and rage bait to make it into uh, some woke overture where you have a a social justice imperative yeah. to watch it and support it. I feel like she's doing I like she's not doing perfect but she's doing better than the people who made Cleopatra. Yeah. Well, she's actually a nice person from what I can tell. She uh she she seems to not be as uh, heavily infl- then again, she's not she hasn't been she hasn't been subjected to the audience reviews yet. So we'll we'll see Remember what she Remember when says. people were making AI versions of stills from the movie with a white actress yeah. i i can't help but think they could have found a cute white red-haired girl yeah to play this role and i, I do think it would have looked better 
simple as I, I just do. I don't think it's anything against her just for her race, but you said Sadie. Sink. She is talented. I mentioned Sadie Sink just because, you know, there's not a shortage of people you could pick from. Yeah. You know, or <laughs> we mentioned Amber. Heard. Amber Hurt. Amber Hurt. I, I do think it would have been better to find someone that looks like the original. Alan Danger in the chat says Avatar cultural appropriation. Maybe that's maybe what it was is whoever made this for China was actually doing the posters for Avatar. Everyone has to be blue now. Yes. See? Everyone. No humans in movies. That's <laughs> if you do no humans, you don't have any of this crap going on. That's that's the way to do it. I, I think that what are your predictions for the movie? Do you think it's going to be fine? Do you, th do you think it's one of those things where it'll end up being less bad than we think because it's just like uh, at a certain point people complain about something so much then you just think to yourself like is it really going to be that awful most of the time it's not I don't think the movie itself is going to be awful I think that uh, forgettable our, our consumer audience has come to expect so little from yeah. movies these days that it is going to be widely praised yeah. and just because it's a familiar IP people are going to like it People are going to bring their kids to see it. And the kids just like that it's Disney. And a lot of the times it ends up with a high audience score for Disney stuff because Disney people yeah. go to Disney movies. Yes. So they review them and it gets a high audience score. People that don't Not because like, it's actually going to be that like no. breathtakingly beautiful or entertaining. And I actually think it's going to be pretty boring. So the reason why Disney movies would score high, at least the way it works in my brain, is like, look, Disney people, people who love Disney, go to see Disney movies. Therefore, they're the ones who actually write those reviews. Mm -hmm. And that makes perfect sense. People that are sick of Disney are so checked out they're not going to look at it and watch it just to see they're just going to skip it all together and they're not yeah. giving reviews so you're actually it's kind of skewed in a way I watched this amazing video yesterday about this guy it's like uh, how I became a Disney adult he's like it was because of 9-11 um, and then he what? explains how, like, he goes, I was in the fourth grade and my teacher put on uh, the news. And then they're like, oh, and then, the, then they're like, that's enough sadness for today. And they put on Lady and the Tramp. And now, and then you, in the whole what? thing's him in like an adult diaper talking about how <laughs> he's like, he's like, I can't, he's like, he's like, I don't um, know what's going on in the world because I'm just, in a, because I'm a Disney adult. Anytime something bad happens, I, they're like. That's uh, odd, you know, like, I get that he was being ironic, yeah. but. These days, what Disney is doing is the opposite of trying to distract us from yeah. the problems in the world, but instead use their content as a vehicle to make you aware of of the issues yeah. we're facing in society today, which is not anything that the consumer base wants. He's drinking from like a like a, a bottle, like while he's doing <laughs> it with it. his Disney juice, yeah. and it's um it says, his five thousand dollar disney star wars cocktail <laughs> he's like um he's like 9-11 disney trump election disney covid disney and it's the just him to all your problems yeah it's, it's the answer to everything you must do so i uh I, i'm not super excited about this movie but i don't i can't pretend to care i can't i can't i'm not it, dead guys. set on no. hating it or anything no. i just i have a feeling yeah. which will probably be validated that it's going to be mediocre like everything else Disney puts out these As days. As we would expect. Also, guys, I have left the crisis party the same this week. You know why? Because we're oh. calling Ian back to us. We, I need it there oh. until we get Ian back. We're sending from, out the signal. It's the, it's the Ian's, it's the Crossland the, signal. The Crossland mating call. Yes, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's there so that every time it or plays, my hope is that he hears it and comes home. That's what we want here. So I'm leaving Wait, that up there. He is actually back in town. 
Well, until I see yes. him on IRL, we're leaving this up there. Yes. <laughs> I actually just didn't have time to change it this weekend, but that was my very okay. good excuse that I had over the weekend. So You had to go to uh, get your car checked out. Yes. I Yeah. I, we have to do stupid inspections here in Maryland. It's Important stupid. business. It's, it, no, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a government, <laughs> it's a government funded extortion and it's a bunch of, uh, it's a racket where they get to inspect your car and say, mm, mm, that's a hundred dollars. Mm, yeah, it's fine. Um, since we were just talking about Disney adults, how about we go to cringe of the day? Let's. Oh, I forgot. About this that. one's good. All right, here two we go. rival families yeah. engage in battle at Disney World over who gets to take a picture in front of the Disney Garden first. Here we go. This gets ugly. It does. Oh, <laughs> where's Waffle House Wendy when you need her? There's some anger behind those those yeah. punches. Jeez. <laughs> Influencers in the wild. Is that is perhaps? that a guy on the ground? I can't tell. Then the useless security guard walks over. It's like and I do can't do anything because I'll get fired if I do anything. You know what you, you know, so classic. Do you know how you win this fight against the guys immediately? I watched, uh, I, I posted a, oh man. This is just insane. I post, no one's breaking it up. I posted um, the, the theme song in the opening credits to a, a, a show from the early 2000s called One on One starring Flex Alexander and Kyla Pratt. And in the trailer... Uh, it's got the two main characters get introed, and then there's the third guy who's like the comedy relief. And the, the trailers, the, uh, it's the the theme song's all of them playing basketball. And then when the the comedy guy comes up, he's like, huh, huh, and the guy just pulls his shorts down. Come on! Like, if he had just pulled these thank guys, you. thank you guys. If they had just pulled these guys' shorts down, they would have ended the fight right there. Yeah. Thank you. Like hopefully Ian hears it. All you gotta do is party. See, Ian can't party. He's got to come back home. We need him back. Well, there you have it. Happiest so, place on earth. Yeah, yeah, very happy as the kids are all scarred. And I do, ladies and gentlemen, have some cute of the day to share with you. We have first from Pastel World, D, uh, Pastel World 12 on Twitter. Uh, or is it Paste L World? But the L is capitalized and whatever. It looks like Pastel yeah. World. Uh, yeah. This is Snowball, and he is the meanest cat in the yard. He loves to get into fights with <laughs> other cats. Mary loves it. I like this haircut. It's very what good. is this bowl cut we have going on here? I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I saw someone um, also post on Twitter their their neighborhood watch like had a mug shot of their cat. Like this cat has been picking fights with my cats for a week now. Aww. Someone please come get him. That's not nice. That cat needs. They to... also mentioned he wasn't neutered. Oh. <laughs> and then we've got here. This is from Martin Short on Twitter. What it's is a this? rat. Oh my goodness. And it's, and it's sleeping. It's okay, this is cute. I usually don't think that rats are cute. He actually responded, but... and in fact, and I never liked this. He put, oh, I'm not signed in on this account. Uh, it says, uh, she's asleep, not dead. LOL. Yeah. Yes, adorable. <laughs> I would hope so. It's adorable. And then here, this is from Melody. Melody on Twitter. This is at pop culture underscore show. PCC pets. Here are some pictures of our two cats and two dogs. Link, Eli, Yuki, and Roxas. This is a lot of animals. Oh my gosh! It's tongue. It's like sticking its tongue out. It's like I love that. Let's see. Aww. <laughs> Looks, I love black did, cats. I'm sorry. They that are... did, did that cat just get a bunch of catnip? That, that those eyes are wide open. I love it. 
Black cats oh, are the best. Adorable. Adorable. Looks like he was taking a nap and it's like, why are you taking a photo of me? Leave me alone. That's what it says to me. Oh, the tail is wagging. It's in a good mood. I always wonder how cats and dogs like coexist. They do. I've never had that experience. They, they do. They end up getting My cats along. never got along with the dogs or other cats. Maybe they, like, did you have a lot of friends over? Maybe it didn't see you socialize with people outside of your social group. Wow, okay. Did you, did you have people over? I did. Did you? Yeah. Is, that, is that the same thing? They were fine with people, just not, not other animals. So, no, okay, no, that's an actual question. Like, so you had, like, people come in from out of the house yeah. that were actually, like, not people that were there on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, I guess my pets were just antisocial friends. Everybody, well, everybody has, like, I've had fr I have friends who've had dogs that were really easy to get along with, like, right away. Mm -hmm. And then other ones that it takes some time where you have to go over there three, four, five times before the dog will not bark its head off. Yeah. So. I just, uh, people need to keep their dogs in line. But also did the pets, like the, you said that it didn't get along, your cat didn't get along with dogs. Did it spend much time with them or was it just yeah. like, Yeah. I oh. mean, they lived in the same house for years. And then they just yeah. still didn't get along. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. My cat was just a weirdo. Nothing you can do about that. I mean, my mom, we had a, we had a very, very mean cat that. My mom and me. It's always loved. the trauma. Yeah. Some cats are traumatized. Lawrence Bud Melman. <laughs> Named after a guy that. who was on uh, J uh, David Letterman back in the day. Okay. All right. Shall we get started then, Mary? Yeah, let's go. Let's so we're going to be talking about Cannes Film Festival, which was just as insane as I thought it would be. Firstly, at a press conference for Killers of the Flower Moon, which is Martin Scorsese's new film, uh, it's basically white people bad. Um, what else is there to expect yep. at this point from Hollywood? Hold on, there's, we're gonna get Mary Blank chair for a second there. I gotta fix something. Hold oh, on, okay. hold on. There we go, <laughs> we're good. Okay, so <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon is, is basically a story about murders that happened on an Indian reservation in the 1920s where an oil reserve was found and the subsequent FBI investigation into mm -hmm. it. Real story, it's based on a true story. Yep. Um, however, the choice to make this the focus is what I am paying attention to. Like, mm. why do we keep seeing this theme, like white people bad in movies over and over again, where Producers. we have to rehash? Producers. It's, yeah, and it's the passion project it's not, of a it's lot not of just that, deranged people in Hollywood. It's producers saying, this is what's going to get yeah. made right now. So if you want your film to get produced, these are the themes you're gonna have to tackle. Well, Scorsese can, yeah. probably he's at a point where he can make whatever he wants right yes so but. why this that's my my question alone um and robert de niro started talking about his character who was a bad person one of a the bad, bad whiteies. he's a bad guy yeah. he's not one of the good ones and this just really reeks of not being a good actor he said he doesn't understand his own character that he played he said uh, his character, William Hale, uh, who is a linchpin in the Osagi Tulsa society, who appeared as a friend to the people, but was their foe in reality. He added, quote, I don't understand a lot about my character. People do things. He has to be charming. Why does he betray them all? After George Floyd with sy systemic racism, that's what it is. What happens there? What we never knew of the Black Street Massacre. massacre it's the banality of evil. It's the things we have to watch out for. What does he mean in this? Con What's banal in what he's talking about right now? I don't even actually understand. I think it's the idea that like all of these we evil so white much. guys are, are walking among us and we have to watch out for them because they hide in plain sight. And then in reference to Trump, 
because he's still stuck in 2016 TDS mode. It'd be amazing if he had like a watch on that just said like, it just never leaves 20, the, the year always <laughs> says 2016. He said, quote, we see it today. We all know who I'm talking about, but that guy is stupid. <laughs> Hale was smart in many ways, but it's systemic. Look with Trump. There are people who think he, pe there are people who think he can do a good job. This sounds very strange. Um, <laughs> he did. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. There are people who dissent to that, but in his circles, would they ever say so? No. I don't think so. Um, and he's saying this at the panel. It's totally unrelated to the film or any appreciation for the story yeah. that's being told, and it's instead focusing entirely on the contemporary culture we live in. I would be interested to know what he considers doing good and if he could point to specific policies that were bad. That's not the point, though. You I know, know, but I but it's I, just I'm pointing out they're uninformed. It's it's really weird to me that old white guys in Hollywood think that they're the good ones and they can scold all the bad ones. Yeah, you know, like we have the bad skin color, but don't worry, you can trust me. Yeah, it's quite literally the character that he was playing. Yep, and they love. I mean, but they also they get a kick out of that. They get a kick out of feeling like they're. Uh, yeah. What's that? That study that said that uh, like white leftists or white liberals are the only uh, social group with an outgroup bias, meaning they prefer people that don't look like them. Mm -hmm. There was like a study that said that, right? So, and for them, he's just self-flagellating because in the culture, that's what they're supposed to do right now. And that's what he does yeah. for golf claps at a film festival yeah. around all of these people who agree with him. Yeah. But he's clearly not interfacing with anyone who disagrees with him or yeah. contradicts anything that he says. And nobody out there would have the, no, I, nobody in that environment would ever push back on him in this context, not yeah. in public. Otherwise it's a death sentence to their career. Yeah. I, and as far as this film getting made, I'm not saying it's wrong to talk about something that actually is part of our history. But the fact that this has been rehashed so many times mm -hmm. and in the way that Hollywood wants it to be done yeah. specifically, it's not so that we can reach understanding. It's to worsen the division. If it was to be reach understanding, it would be a documentary. And even then it would be slanted yeah. in one direction. I mean, are they ever going to make some dramatized version of the founding of Planned Parenthood and how no. that was racist? No. They won't do that won't, because it goes against their narrative. Yep. They're not actually interested in exposing real stories of racism or like the evil parts of our history. It's We're really not just the, to overlay it onto the present day. Not even just that they don't want to cover real stories. Not to say that the ones that they do cover aren't real stories, yeah. but that they never take a slant that goes any other direction. And the weirdest thing to me about this is like framing Trump as a fascist dictator it, it never landed because he's just such a lovable guy and you fascist they dictators, in... they operate based on anger and fear. Trump is someone who makes his, his base, electrifies his base with the feeling that he doesn't believe himself to be their superior. Yeah. That they feel an equal, like as, as one of his equals, you know, yeah. that, that he doesn't um condescend down to them that's that's what is appealing about him that's not a characteristic of any fascist dictator in history S still something to worry about you should still be very very hesitant to uh, buy in yeah. whole hog to any politician. i'm not saying no, that I, all I, of I that is yeah. genuine but like <laughs> 
how is this any comparison to someone who literally like genocided you people? have to understand that these like i was like i said i was reading a, a tweet over the weekend where it said the republican party is now the largest organized crime ring in america cr uh, criminal enterprise in america and i'm just like they're ineffectual losers just the Democrats yeah. are, are, are crazy over, over the top authoritarians and the, and the right are full of ineffectual losers and they both suck. And, and that's the point, right? That lady, the lady who tweeted that lives in a different reality. She lives in the, in the reality that Robert De Niro lives in where, you know, like they believe everything they've been fed by the media for the last four years or like it's, it's, a, it's like a decade now, I guess. Uh, and, and so it creates a reality around them that they just don't seem to realize isn't actually real. Yeah, I, I don't want to appear like a sycophant for Trump right now at all. Like, if you look at this, um, like, objectively, the worst you can say about Trump is that he was one of those, like, ineffectual people who is not nearly as threatening as the media would want you to think. So to compare him to Robert De Niro's character in this movie, uh, it... it doesn't resonate and it also cheapens the severity of the story that was being told in this movie yeah. about literal mass murder yep it seems like it doesn't treat that situation with the seriousness it deserves i mean these are the people that were saying like he was going to round people up and send them to camps they they don't so realize bizarre. they've been they don't realize they've been duped and then there were people like simping for Robert De Niro in their replies. One said, cue the rednecks crying about an actor speaking on politics in a democratic society. They're, they're not wrong. Look, they're not wrong. No, but I'm not claiming that Robert De Niro should be shackled and, and yeah. taken away to prison for I'm talking about Trump. He's yeah. allowed to dislike Trump. I'm just saying everyone is tired of yeah. people, the elites in Hollywood preaching about politics all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, it's it doesn't a, matter from what side they're on. It, I, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a roundabout, right? So we just keep going through the same cycle over and over again. Person says this, then everybody gets mad. And then person says, this. I've been very lucky to have gotten much better than I thought I would be able to at just like separating art from artists. Otherwise this job would be impossible. Cause all of these people say insane stuff all the time. And it's just boring. And what he's saying here is just so, he's on a panel. I can literally feel him wanting to pat himself on the back as he says yeah. this. One other person said, it's sad when washed up old actors get the feeling they're above others. Hopefully Robert De Niro will see the light of day before he leaves this domain. I have doubts though. He will not, of course <laughs> not. It's, it's not gonna happen. It sucks though, cause he is a very talented guy, yep. but um, he should be valued just for that. Just, Not for his takes, his hot takes. That I he can't gives. get over how like cartoonish they've made it, and now they're trying to do the same thing with DeSantis. And uh, actually, no, Elon Musk is the new seems to be the biggest ire, like a fo mm -hmm. focus of their ire a lot lately. But he's also not a politician. Yeah, but yeah, but he, I mean, it doesn't really matter. He holds. He's actually like more of a pop culture figure than a yeah, politician. He is, but no, but I'm saying, but he still holds incredible influence in that sphere yeah. because of the platform that he runs yeah. so i saw also a clip of natalie portman whining about sexism yep. at can yep. she said even <laughs> here the different ways we as women are expected to behave at oh, this festival no. compared to the men how are they supposed to react how we're supposed to look how we're supposed to carry ourselves the expectations are different on you all the time it affects how you behave whether you're buying into or rejecting it you're defined by the social strictures upon you what are they? She didn't name any specific example. 
and of course she gets universally praised for this they're like so what exactly how exactly is natalie portman being held to any double standards with the men what are the men exp ex are they just expecting the men to just come with their dicks out and and, <laughs> and act like a bunch of hedonists and the women are supposed to be prim and proper and act like a bunch of 20th uh, 19th century housewives or something like that what well, i don't i don't it's not true because i saw 18th century 19th. actresses in this festival on the red carpet dressed uh incredibly girls want to dress up trashy like but but most of the time girls like this is why i always complain when they make these characters androgynous and these women champion these causes of like we need to change beauty standards sure. and, they, and then they wear like stunning but gowns then, natalie portman herself she was wearing this gorgeous uh like historic dior gown from 1949 yeah. an era which i'm sure is universally condemned by hollywood because it, that's an era where women were allowed to look beautiful and be celebrated for that. Yep. For beauty and not for, you know, their hot takes. <laughs> I wonder if it's just very hard for somebody who's, if she's just too agreeable and she just doesn't know how to push back in the right way. She's, well, what do you mean by that? Like, like she doesn't know, like, what, what expectations and who says you have to follow them? Like, what are they talking about? She doesn't list she, any of them. No. So, like, what does she mean? Like, I don't get it. Like... I don't think look, that look she... at the Met Gala. Look at the Met Gala, and there was no expectations of anybody. J Jared Leto came in a freaking bunny costume or whatever the hell yeah. it was. Pedro Pascal came in shorts, and everyone just dressed up however the hell they wanted to, and then pretend as if there's some type of meaning to any of this. There's not. No, no. Um, and then another thing that happened was the city of Cannes has totally put a ban on protests around the grounds of the festival there were i mean french people protest all the time <laughs> Is it, it must be a day that ends in y yeah that's yeah. kind of part of their culture so uh, we know that recently they were protesting because they changed the age of retirement like by three years by or like, something like a few years yeah. or something but um this time there were people protesting by like bashing saucepans together outside of the Carlton Hotel where Scorsese was staying. It's got to be so annoying. A couple of days ago. And then there was another protest demonstration just yesterday as well. Um, and <laughs> Oh, Jared Leto was a cat. Sorry, not a, I think I said rabbit. He's oh, a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good call. Um, and then they got a quote from the woman who is in charge of their federation of like trade unions. Mm -hmm. And she said, aside from pension reform, we're also denouncing the way women are treated in the film world, but they don't want us to stain the glittery image and standards of the Cannes Film Festival. <coughs> and I just don't understand what ways they're saying women are treated in the film world. It's, it'll never go, we're just, it's never gonna go away, Mary. These things will never go away. They will always be. We could be in a world where it's 50. They still say this stuff in American colleges. They're like, women, Do, women need to be able to go to college. I'm like, women it's now. Bizarre. Women like, now outrank men as far as college graduates go. Yet there's still all sorts of scholarships and stuff to get women to go to college. Do they think that Natalie Portman and other incredibly rich, powerful actresses at these elite events share any type of class struggle with yep. pensioners yeah like in in what world yeah these women have every right and every privilege 
that you could ever imagine. They no, are they're more women, privileged Mary. than anyone in human history Mary, has ever been. They are women, therefore they are inherently oppressed and kept down by the man. Quotes, the man. They will never be equal, therefore they will always be struggling. And they have to protest by going to fancy galas in fancy gowns to make you realize that their life is bad. I guess so. That's what it is. Really strange. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about more from the Cannes Film Festival tomorrow because they were talking about de-aging. So. Oh, yeah, for, for Harrison Ford. Look, for, for this type of stuff, I, I think a lot of it is this. A lot of these women, part of it is their careers. So their agents say you need to attach yourself to a cause. You need to, to attach yourself to something that you can promote because it's good for your brand because it's no longer about a company. It's about you. You are the brand. Natalie Portman is a brand. And the rest of it is that it's a certain level of once you've had all your needs met, you, you've got food, you've got shelter, you've got more money than you actually need, right? Like you can, you can buy a home, you wouldn't have to work again. They get bored and they need something to attach themselves to because they work a couple months at a time and then they've got all this downtime. Now they're like, what am I going to do? Oh, people say nice things about me when I promote these causes that I kind of maybe sort of understand, but not really. And they're like, well, what, what should I, what should I uh, attach myself to? And they're like, well, women. It's great to, to, to uh, protest and to be an activist for women because you can always be vague in general. You know what I was just thinking the other day, too? You know who is maybe the worst group there is right now? Imagine being PETA. Imagine in an age where everybody is protesting and everybody's an activist and you're PETA who just gets made fun of and, uh, like, I think at least PETA is open and honest about the fact that yeah. they post bizarre yeah. things on social media just to get people talking. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they don't like, I don't know, they don't veil it as something more meaningful than it is. Like they admit that they post rage bait yeah. on Twitter. I can kind of get, see, I can kind of get behind that. Yeah. And like... There is something to be said for, like, the mistreatment of animals in industrial farming. There is nothing to be said for the way that multi-millionaire actresses... But it's just not considered in, high, in a high-powered position in, yeah. in this industry, in the entertainment industry, are being treated. Like, they are treated beyond, like, royalty have been treated. It's, uh, like, and it's just, it's, for some reason, the animal thing, it's just, it's just not considered sexy anymore. It's got to be climate change now. No, well, yeah, what happened to, like, you know... Anti fur. Well, that's <laughs> that's still a thing. No, didn't didn't one of the didn't Chloe Stuff Kardashian like or one of the Kardashians wear like a faux fur thing recently, and they got honor because they didn't realize it was faux until she said so. Kendall Jenner or something like that really? did that recently. Yeah, yeah. Peta, Peta's over here just like basically being the Radio Shack Twitter account of activism. Literally, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> so. Um, and it feels like it's in the same vein of when Natalie Portman recently denounced Leon the Professional. Yeah, oh, like, that breaks my heart. And bad, bad kitty mama in the chat says, reminder when Lady Gaga wore a meat dress. See, it was simpler times. Listen to a lot of Lady Gaga over the weekend. Yeah. Um, you know, 08, 09, that was a vibe. And that was the activism back, uh, back then. You just didn't have to care. Like, what did she mean by that? I have no idea. She didn't mean anything by it, which even, is why I like it. Even better. <laughs> like, wear something that's just a... Have you ever seen that thing? It says, like, uh, it's like, give me a sign. It says, like, the sign. And it's like a guy. He's wearing, like, a BLM thing. But then it says, it's like a Blue Lives Matter on a BLM shirt. 
and it's, <laughs> it's got a pride flag and then like a, it's it's like all the signs from every cause is on the same thing it's like that's the sign my cause is confusing people <laughs> I'm, I'm a i'm a confusion activist that's like what i'm it. gonna start becoming all More right chaos all right let's go to super chats Noah Sanders said Brett looks so lonely by himself. Yes. Well, he's not by himself. No, but what do you mean? Uh, in the in the intro shot. Okay. <laughs> I, I do just look like I'm sitting in a random room all by myself. Dancing alone. Yes. Doing the, the Trump dance. Doing the <laughs> like and then, and then isn't it funny how music became such a battleground for like wokeness and politics? Like every time Donald Trump would play a song at a rally, they're like, You can't play that for us. Yeah. You can't do that. And then he's like, at a certain point. Is that point, not fair use? I, I mean, it probably is, but they still have to denounce it. Like, what he needs to start doing is just pick all the bands that he hates and start playing <laughs> their songs at his rallies. I loved, um, what is the one that he always played? You can't always get what you want. Uh, the song? You can't. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. Wh who's that? Rolling Stones. I think they also yeah. denounced him. Yeah. Using their yeah, song. Yeah, they all do. Um, and then, uh, who is it? Uh, Twisted Sister. Yeah, a bunch of them. Noah Sanders said it was so wild seeing Mary's face on channels like Moist Critical and ABBA and Preach. What did you think about the guys on whatever's takes on divorce that everybody on the internet is covering? Um, I knew about the Moist Critical video, but I did not know ABBA and Preach spoke about that clip. Um, so can you explain to me what the clip was? I did not even speak one word in this clip. And I, they're mad at you for not speaking. I think, yeah, okay. So from what I can tell, Moist Critical... Um, he basically inferred that I agreed with everything that the men on the panel were saying what simply were saying? because I didn't add something to that part of the conversation. What were they saying? One, okay, this was because of a question that Destiny's wife, Melina, asked about situations where uh, a marriage is abusive. Should the victim leave? Should they divorce based on that? Um, and it was like a highly edited clip that was made specifically to make us look bad yeah um us meaning simply people who were sat on the side of the table i didn't say anything in that clip yeah but one person was saying like endure it just endure it you're a special snowflake if you don't and then other people were, were having more nuanced takes on it that were minimized um because that's not as interesting um but it was reiterated to her multiple times and i said this on twitter i responded to moist critical on twitter um, it was reiterated to her multiple times that yeah. at least in the Christian worldview, there are grounds for divorce and separation, legally speaking, in situations of abuse or adultery. Okay. It, so it, it was made very clear the to her, in my made. opinion, which is why I didn't reiterate it over and over. There's a $25 one right there. Magic Justin, he said, decided to check out Pop Culture Crisis after seeing high-value Mary Shred, low-value OF girls on the Whatever podcast last <laughs> week. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you. Thank you for checking it out. Hi, nice to see you. Um, and I, I believe I did draw this distinction like one guy was saying divorce isn't real he was saying that because he's catholic okay and in the catholic worldview the state doesn't have the authority to dissolve a marriage that is a sacrament in the secular worldview that doesn't make any sense i think a lot of this is a problem that's just dealt become has just come from the fact that we have now turned marriage into a state institution rather than a religious one um <laughs> well, the state used to be uh, at least I, yeah, an implicitly religious institution yeah. as well. Obviously so not true here in America. We're, I think it really got muddled that we were 
we were denouncing no-fault divorce, not a divorce in all circumstances completely. You have to be real careful in these situations. Like, just because somebody doesn't... When you talk that many hours a day every day, you're eventually going to just not say... Sometimes it's because you don't agree. Sometimes it's because you just don't feel like you can put it into words right now. You don't have to respond. I didn't say anything in that clip because I was almost certainly going to get interrupted yeah. and it was incredibly hard to get a word in because everyone was going back and forth so what was the use i tried multiple times yep. but one thing i said that moist critical brought up is that i said um mental abuse is less cut and dry than cases of physical abuse which is just true it's not a crime to mentally or emotionally abuse someone because that is almost impossible to come up with a legal definition yeah for it you know like there it's harder to prove in a court of law and I'm not saying that there's a gray area in whether that's wrong. Yeah. Of course it's wrong to mentally abuse someone. I'm just saying you can't prove it nearly as easily as it's, physical abuse. It's a bad faith argument to pretend like you don't understand the distinction between yeah. the two there. The, there's a difference between something being legally provable and whether or not something is actually the wrong thing and to if, do. And if we got what we wanted and yeah. no-fault divorce was abolished yeah. in this country, would cases of mental abuse become the new no-fault divorce yeah probably yeah like so so it does need to actually require some critical thought there um fresh meat said you need to check out the junction diner in chicago that delivers your food by model train what two broskies what sign me up I used to one of my favorite things like we had a like a a christmas themed model train that we would put up during the holidays I hadn't thought about that until very recently. <laughs> I like that. Um, Ryan Kennell said, y'all hear about Ray Stevenson? Yes, he passed away. He was very young. He was only like 58 or something like that. Uh, a lot of people view him as perhaps the best on-screen Punisher. So take of that what you will. Rest in peace. That is very, very sad. Uh, very Too young. Too young to go. Noah Sanders said, so funny that you're doing that because... I've been building a backlog of videos about a similar topic, movies I've never seen that everyone else has. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm really enjoying this because like a lot of what we talk about here, like, like do you see how dead my eyes went when you were talking about Natalie Portman? I'm like, uh like it's important. The discussions have to happen because it is important to point out how delusional a lot of these celebrities actually are and how disconnected they are from the real world. Whether we're talking about that, whether we're talking about weirdos on on TikTok that are just walking into people's houses because yeah. because the the trend lords told them to. Like those those things matter, but it is soul crushing at a certain point. Maybe not for you, but for for me, like you, you I've come you, to like, expect this. You, you 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 thrive through it. I feel like I need to have something else that I can talk about that I'm just like, "Yes, this is something that gets me excited." So I'm I'm going to be trying to make those videos more right like not all the time because they take a long time to edit and make, but I'm going to make more of them. So everybody guys, if you haven't, go check it out after this video. It is up on YouTube and I did link it in the in the post here. But yeah, it's called Have You Seen Person of Interest? It's right here on the channel. Russell Thander said, I saw the whatever podcast and I hate Destiny to the core, but I have to say that Mary got handed the fattest L ever by him. Destiny is way better debater. Mary, you were simply outmatched. I think there's some sarcasm there. <laughs> I mean, maybe, or you, or you genuinely believe that. I don't know what we even debated at this point. I totally forgot the content of that Let's hold off on the rest and we will come back, ladies and okay. gentlemen. We are moving on. 
Next, we have a conversation about Kim Kardashian on single motherhood. She recently was on a podcast where she talked about the struggles of being a single mom. How do we get her on this podcast? That's what I want to know. Yeah, what the like, heck? I am, I am an unapologetic Kim, Kim Kardashian stan. Kim. Like, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, by the way, the best thing in Fast X, if you didn't go see Fast X, guys, I can give you no greater reason to go see it than you get to see Pete Davidson get punched in the face. Oh, that's awesome. Boom. Like, it's amazing. I, I just want to see that clip. I, <laughs> I that know, right? Um, <laughs> so here's what she said. I say parenting is the thing that has taught me the most about myself. It's been the most challenging thing. There are nights I cry myself to sleep, she admitted. Like what just happened? All the moods, personalities, and sometimes they're fighting and there's no one there. That's really sad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, I mean, but it's also a sign of the times, right? That That's not an uncommon story at all. Right. It's... It's sad that someone like Kim Kardashian, who has limitless resources, yeah. you could get, you know, have your kids raised by nannies their entire lives, but that's never going to measure up to a stable, intact family yep. or a two-parent household. But it's never going to be that the was same thing. Always the road that they chose, yeah. given the methods that they've chosen to have kids, be it surrogates, the fact that the men are inherent, like, pushed out very regularly in that family and seem to be treated with less importance, far less important than the women in it because the women are a brand. The men are a part of that brand, but it's a very, very small They're part of that brand. Yeah, it's, it. it's basically like in, in wrestling, you have what are called jobbers who are just there to lose to the good wrestlers <laughs> to like elevate their status. The men are the jobbers of the Kardashian family. They really are. It does seem like they're routinely humiliated and excommunicated yep. in that family. Yep. And it bears mentioning that Kim did initiate her divorce. Well, as we know, women initiate 80% of the divorces in this country. And I'm not saying like I'm privy to all of the circumstances there, but clearly Kanye wants to be an involved dad and has publicly said so many yeah. times. Um, but I think that they're, because the Kardashian family is this like media empire, it's impossible to like coexist in it yeah. unless you have all of the same interests. And it used to be like back in the day when you were a family branded company, you were still selling a product that wasn't the family itself. Yeah. It was like, what was it the episode of the, there was a show called Warehouse 13 where um, the character of uh, Micah has like, her dad owns a bookstore called like Bearing and Sons. She goes, oh, you have, he goes, oh, you have brothers? She goes, no, he just thought son sounded more <laughs> more classy yeah so so it's like the like but like in the in their world they're the product they're not selling something else so who's part of the family is even more important than it would be if you were just a media empire whether mm -hmm. you know some family that owns a bunch of, it kind of, the same thing in a lot of ways happened to trump like not to bring it back to politics but mm -hmm. now the family are all part of that business every bit as much as he is because once you get pulled into politics the whole fam the whole family comes with you and you should be away you should be weary of any and all political dynasties it's not a good thing but i'm saying it's it's in the similar vein right like when he was on the apprentice it's not like his family was the most important part of that show they didn't become part of it until he started to run sure. for office then the family is everything not just him sure so um, I think it's clear that Kim has used uh, her control over the media to She's hurt Kanye's public image. She's an evil genius. And yeah, I mean, I don't even know if she's evil or if, or if she's just she, kind of a chaotic sociopath. neutral. She, 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 yeah, chaotic <laughs> neutral. I have no idea. Like, uh, but it, it's clear that that's been the case, and it's yeah. like done a toll on Kanye's mental health. Yeah. Clearly.
Him and his and new referring wife. to him, she said, it's me to play good cop and bad cop. So that's definitely a challenge. Something I'm working on is being a little bit firmer. So she has to play good cop, bad cop with her now ex-husband. It's weird to me to play that card when she's from the beginning, seemingly after this divorce, been continually provoking him on purpose, especially yeah, with her relationship with Pete Davidson. But that like, was insane. I imagine that how she treats her kids is different than how she handles her relationships, public image. But you can hope. tell yourself, just yeah. like she's previously said in interviews, I shield my kids from what's going on on the internet and what people are saying about them and about my marriage and all of that. But you're deluding yourself if you think that they actually don't know what's going on. Or they will when they get older. Or that they, yeah, yeah. or that they won't later on. But. These kids, especially North, has unrestricted internet access. Yep. There is no way that she is shielded from this reality. Yep. And in her relationship with Pete, she egged this on. She egged on the you know, antagonizing. Pete, Pete did that as much as she did on his own, on his own yes, pages, yes. on his own accounts, and made it worse. But she, but she allowed him to get exactly. these tattoos of her kids' initials on his body after not even knowing them. Yep. I remember specifically only two weeks after he met the kids, he was pictured with Northwest sitting on his lap. Mm. And this is a strange man that they don't know. He is strange. She was using him as a pawn in her game to antagonize Kanye, clearly. It does feel and it was like, working. Uh, in a lot of ways, like no matter how much things change, they stay the same. So, uh, I mean, there are bitter divorces and bitter parental battles at every socioeconomic level. Right. It's just that theirs is being played out in the public eye where the media. is. So just in the same way that a divorce, that somebody getting a divorce will use a private investigator to turn the tables to their advantage in the divorce. They're using the media mm -hmm. to turn the tables in favor of them in their divorce. And it's just something that's played out, unfortunately, for people like us. You know, it kind of makes me feel ghoulish when we cover it because it's like it's being played out for entertainment of other people which is why it's important to talk about it in the context of more than just oh look at these people they're so stupid mm -hmm. because there are ramifications to these things and it should at least be something to consider when you remember that everything you see is being released to you timely by somebody who wants it out there very rarely did these things come out by think of amber heard coming to the courthouse with her fresh bruise on her face where she warned tmz beforehand that she was going so it's they could to get manipulate the photo. You. yeah it's to manipulate yeah but whether that's to mani manipulate public sentiment the favor of a jury in future rulings things like that yeah i think this is like generally a theme that money doesn't buy happiness nope for ordinary people, there's a benchmark of financial stability that allows you to be happier and more stable in life. Because obviously. you've got more of the things that these other people don't but have, which I think are actual connections. It's this is a, an outdated number. People said that like you need to make like seventy thousand a year in order to um, like not be not have your your happiness affected negatively by financial concerns that's outdated that's probably because be, of inflation you yes. have to bring that higher now but so even if you like, said it was like 100k now this woman <laughs> kim kardashian is so beyond that benchmark yeah. that there is no way money is a concern for her it's more about power and influence at this point and control 
And speaking of this, Nick Cannon recently went on an interview talking about his financial situation having like 12 kids. What is it at this point with different moms? Have you ever seen The Dark Knight? No. Okay, there's this scene at the end where Lucius Fox has all of the cell phones in Gotham on this computer screen. And it's all, it's Mm -hmm. like a a separate screen for all of the phones that have cameras on them. And there's this meme that says Nick Cannon talking to all his kids on Father's (laughs) Day. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. He he's also pushed this message that you can be like sufficiently involved in your kids' lives without going to like their events, yeah. like their graduations, well, that's their what Akon was recitals saying. and stuff like that. That's what Akon was saying. Yeah, Akon yeah. was saying that's he said that's white people nonsense. Yeah. That's what he said. It, so By he way, talked about not paying child support recently. No, he just gives them whatever from they the want. government. <clears throat> yeah, because he is worth like triple digit millions of dollars. By the way, only eighteen percent of individuals in this country make over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. a year. So mm-hmm. you know. Um so I understand that part, but um, he seems to think that just money is enough to keep he his would probably, family. He would probably frame it as stability is enough, not money. Right, but yeah. money doesn't equal stability, nope. clearly, because we just looked at the situation with Financial Kim and Kanye, stability, where yeah. you can have as much money as you want, but that doesn't create a stable, secure environment for marriage and a family. Nope. Not when, especially not when you're in these families that are part of like the, where the business model is the no. family and any type of drama is actually beneficial for your bottom line. Yeah. How can you expect them to, to live, to even want to live normal lives? It's kind of like what I say about Taylor Swift. How can you expect her to even want a, no, a normal relationship when she makes so much money off the breakups? Mm-hmm. Like imagine she's like, things are going so well, but man, my sales are down this month. And then, and then she starts like seeing little things. She's like, oh, that pisses me off. It doesn't really piss her off. She's just looking for a reason to be mad. So... You know, it's kind of the same thing here, right? Like, how do you expect them to live normal lives when their lives aren't normal? It is also fair to point out that this is a reason why I point, uh, I, I like to point out that just because celebrities are rich does not mean that they don't have problems. There's a reason why su- the, the su- suicide rate is high amongst child actors, that money doesn't solve all your problems, right? Your problems just shift in your, uh, your perception of what the problems in your life are, just shift mm-hmm. to a side. It doesn't solve all the problems. It would solve maybe our problems, but it's not going to necessarily solve the problems of someone who's been damaged for other reasons. Yeah. Over the weekend, I also saw that Jay-Z and Beyonce have purchased the most expensive house yep. in California ever sold for $200 million. Wait, oh, let's, I got a picture of it here. Hold on. I yeah. got it. I got it, it here. It, I mean, it must be the land it's on because it's not the. It's not even like it's, it's, it's by a big a estate. Beach. Yeah. It's, a, it's a beachfront property. But this is just like, it looks like an industrial complex, it kinda not looks, a house. It kind of looks like the, the place that, uh, that stood in for Appledore in season three of Sherlock, the, the, the rich guy's house. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, do you remember that? The big, where he goes, uh, he goes, I think so, I'm, yeah. a, I'm, a, I'm not a, I'm a high functioning sociopath. Merry Christmas. Remember that part? <laughs> yes. Like, and then they got the helicopter shot of the whole property. Yes. That's what this reminds me of, but smaller. Like yeah. that one was bigger. Yeah, I, it must be the the land that made it so expensive. But I just, I don't understand at this point, like, you can buy anything you want. Why have no taste? <laughs> um, I'm telling you, that is the property of a coke-snorting movie executive. That's why all the surfaces are glass. So you can yes. wipe up the coke residue, and it's easy to clean the surfaces from all the fluids that happen at your weird eyes-wide-shut parties. Also, 
easier to clean up crime scenes. Exactly. Well, which exactly. Uh, I'm not making any accusations, but just saying. Eyes wide shut parties. Make your own conclusions See? about that. Left field in the chat says, "Looks like a drug lord's U.S. home." See, I was right. That's it looks a, so bad. Like it looks like the most soulless. Like it's got the red postmodern chairs seen. that look like blobs because they're supposed to be high art. Money can't buy you tastes, nope. and it also can't buy you happiness. And it's obvious at this point that Jay Z and Beyonce are in a more of a business relationship <laughs> than a marriage, yeah. than a romantic relationship. Uh, Chen Rizig in the chat says people who say money doesn't buy happiness have never gone without money in their life I've been poor most of my life and I, it's not about buying happiness it's that sadness misery and personal problems are relative to your life situation as your life, as your life improves financially a lot of the time other concerns are brought up a lot of that is who do you trust once you have a certain amount of money right then people are just look at the people there's win the very, lottery there's a specific window yeah. that you need to fit in yeah. uh money wise so that it doesn't affect your happiness yeah. is what i was saying i'm not yeah. saying money doesn't affect happiness there's a 20 set super chat right there thousand foot derp end said brett asked why kim would want a relationship given her income when i say women are a purchase people act offended Thanks for indirectly confirming it is a transaction financial move for them. Good to have you on the team. Um, what did I say? Did I, is that what I said? I think you were talking about Taylor in that I th context. I was talking about Taylor Swift in that context. I think, um, yeah, because she makes money off of ending her relationships. Yeah, I. I I don't really have an opinion on Kim Kardashian's relationships. Taylor Swift. And then we have another I find one. the Taylor Swift relationships highly in interesting. Given, imagine being that guy. We'll get to imagine yeah. being that guy, and like you get in there, and it's kind of like a game of Frogger, where it's like all the pitfalls, <laughs> and you're just weaving in and out of them. Don't want to be like him. Yeah. Don't want to be like him. Now you got Maddie Healy in there who just bulldozes through them all because he doesn't give a crap, and he's it's kind of the perfect encapsulation of the bad boy who gets to like like. It's all the means. It's like, why is why do you, why do the women's like all the stable guys come up? They're like, I'll give you. A, it's like, I'll love you forever. Yeah. I will send you a good morning text every day. I will be. I will be. I will give you security. I will give you happiness. And they're like, ew, gross. And then some dude who's never is like, no job, no nothing, treats her like crap. Comes and they're like, ooh, he's so cute. I think Taylor has rebellious phases vicariously through her boyfriends. Yeah, and there is one <laughs> um, more twenty dollar one. Deuce Boogaloo said, fairly common for fathers to use money to justify bad behavior. My own dad made 180k a year but would also be would also verbally abuse my mom and if i called him out he'd say i work like a dog to provide i don't have to take this well uh, verbal abuse is not mm -hmm. good either you shouldn't be doing that it's uh i've been i've been watching veronica mars guys which by the way brett recommends you should watch veronica mars for all the puka shell necklaces and the early 2000s dress cl like clothing which is just incredible and the the show has uh, like uh, this guy's care. This guy's dad and mom are just just a mess. Um, Logan's is I think his name's Logan. I've, I've, I'm like eleven episodes in, if I remember. And his dad and his mom is like his dad's abusive, beats him with a belt. Mom is uh, like drugs and alcohol. You know, like it's kind of that story that they have of that time period where it's like she she self medicates because life at home is so unhappy. And everything mm -hmm. like that and it's just it's so interesting to he see what hollywood presents what they think family life is like because in that show it takes place at like a an elite high school where like the, it's the town of neptune california where mm -hmm. you're either you're either a 
the child of a millionaire or you're somebody who works for the the family of a millionaire. It's sort of like Gossip Girl in that yeah. way too. I think that's my ultimate point is that um, no one should be looking at Hollywood for examples of functional relationships, marriages, or families um, because they're in circumstances that simply don't resonate with the vast, vast majority of people's life experiences. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Jay-Z and Beyonce are both like, I'm sure flagrantly unfaithful to each other and don't consider themselves to be in any type of uh, exclusive relationship anymore. It's a, trans I mean, it's we're, a transactional we're business one. We're speculating now, but yeah, the speculation would be that it's seen as more of a business. Well, the infidelity, was, that's not even speculation. Yeah. Like that's that's been confirmed by Beyonce herself. In the chat, but, they say um, they say poor and rich or, or poor and depressed or rich and depressed, which is worse. Hmm. Um, it, in the show Dark Angel, there's this part at the beginning where the character says, it, the show is, it's post EMP attack on the United States. And they talk about it, and it's funny because I don't think it would actually resonate today where they talk about it. They go, I, she goes, what I don't understand is why they call it a depression because everybody's broke, but not everybody's really all that depressed because you come together as a community. And you, you know, when, yeah. when, peop, when, a, when a community goes through something horrific, you band together. That's why they always talk about like, uh, uh, like the only thing left that could ever bring America back together would have to be like a terrorist attack from the outside because a community comes together when there's outside forces at work. For these celebrities, they, they kind of implode from the inside. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I wanted to make it clear, by the way, that I'm not saying money doesn't affect happiness. Uh, it, I'm saying there is a proven benchmark for how much money can um, shield you from things that... Uh, negatively affect your happiness those types but once of... you pass way beyond that benchmark yeah then you end up in the depressed pool with everyone else i was at the like okay when i was when i was getting my car inspected earlier right and this, this lady's getting her bill and they're like it's like a thousand dollars and then they're like oh, oh by the way you have two tires that have just huge gashes and they're like now it's like it's like uh it's like two thousand dollars and she's like oh okay like there's a certain tax bracket where you're like, oh, two grand. Okay, I can afford that right now. There's a whole nother tax. There's other tax brackets where it's like, I can't afford to just drop two grand on something right now. This lady was in a tax bracket where it wasn't going yeah. to bother her, but she might have whole other things that concern her or make her sad or depressed. Like it's right. got nothing to do with the money aspect of it or the, the ability having of more money might offer other problems people coming to you that's why lottery winners end up being so miserable right they have ten thousand new cousins and and brothers who they never knew about who want to use them this came into the conversation about marriage and divorce when i was on whatever as well yeah uh it, people are getting into marriages for all the wrong reasons and then wonder why it doesn't work out yeah. and wonder why our divorce rates are so high like you jump into a marriage with someone just as fast as you jumped into bed with them. Um, or you get into it for money reasons. Yep. When it's actually about like, how much are you willing to sacrifice for another person? Yeah. Like on a personal basis. People don't look at it that way anymore. Also, or they I, think about how this can benefit themselves. Yeah, the, I don't know how many of them think about it. It's like, what can we build together? How can this person add value to my mm -hmm. life? Not what can Not we build like, together? Not like, what can I do for this other person? And like, literally dying to yourself for another person, which yeah. is what marriage 
is supposed to be about. Well, the guy's supposed to do that, Mary, not the girl. The guy's supposed to be willing no, to... The, wi- the women I'm, are supposed I'm, to do it too. But like, I think women aren't really given that message these days. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, find a husband who can do everything for you. Well, she's a princess, Mary. She should be given everything. Her dad told her that. Her dad said, you're a princess. You have no flaws. Why would a woman who's been never been told that she has any flaws and she's perfect just the way she is ever assume she could mistreat anyone? Women are also looking for men who can be providers, but they're not. They're making more money thinking than them. About like, well, that too. But like, they're not thinking about um, the equal like trade that comes into that, which is that you, in, in a normal like healthy situation, uh, a wife is quite literally giving up her body to give this man progeny, like. Isn't the dude uh, like if we're That's talking? That's a huge with, sacrifice in and of itself. If we're talking in these relationships, it's kind of like they said earlier. Like if it's a one-income household, and that dude gets up every day and goes to work and works very hard, whether he's working with his hands, whether he's giving all of his time, working twelve hours a day to make sure that that family has everything they need, is he not sacrificing his body in a way as well? Um, it's it's definitely not in the same way. Okay. And depending on the type of work that he does, for sure. You know, okay. I, I, I'm just I, I, I think that both should be considered. I mean, if we're talking about uh, a partnership, I'm that saying both there are sacrifices, sacrifices should be valued. There are sacrifices on both sides. Yeah. You can't sides. You can't um, like look for uh, you know a high value man to provide you with all of your material comforts and needs, yeah. but then not expect to be giving anything back in that relationship, and vice versa. Yeah, you can't look for a woman who is willing to like give you children, give you a nice home and uh, like be like this warm, open, like affectionate presence in your life without um, like keeping up your end of that deal. Hmm. Not in a transactional sense, but in a way that you, you just like sacrifice something for the other person and they sacrifice for you. Hmm. Um, and that's not the way that most people view marriage these days, and it's especially not how people in the celebrity class view it. Well, they also they're what they how they work is different. I I think there's something to be said that look, dudes, a lot of dudes get up and go to work every day at at backbreaking jobs to provide for their family, and I don't think that should be discounted uh, in a lot of ways. Was I discounting I, it? I, I'm I'm saying I think a lot of society does these days. I do. I do think society in a lot of ways discounts the men that work very hard to provide for their families because they're not highlighted in our society anymore. Just like they don't highlight, like, you know, like the, the, the meme where they talk about like if women were really all about equality, they'd go work down in the sewers. It's, it's kind of a tired trope, but it's a very easy one to point out because it's accurate. But it seems like they shy away from discussing those things because that's where you meet the actual family, like the, the people that are uh, in with their families. Now, like all my friends that are happily married work, are like, and this is, this is a generalization, right? I'm not saying all them i'm saying a good amount of my friends where i see it seems like their marriages are happy and successful they're working trades they're working jobs you know they're working a trade though the wife works as well but they're not working some high class ceo job they're doing manual labor or they're doing something that they had to go to trade school for and that's a class of men that's built a lot of the country and did so because they wanted to provide for their family in the next generation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I, but like you said, Jay-Z and Beyonce, that's so far removed from what we, the average American, will ever be able to understand or experience because that's not going to be what the average person ever ex will ever know what it's like, right? To be in a relationship where you both have so much money where it's actually now a horrible thing for you either to both get divorced, so you just, what, mm -hmm. result to make cheating okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're investment partners, basically. Yeah. You know, it's, like, it's like Bay and Jay dot com and they can they can do that <laughs> let's go to super chats all right carnell said if you go to see the little mermaid please buy tickets for another film so not to give the house of mouse your money that is all uh well, who else are you going to give it to yeah like all of the studios are equally bad right mm. who is worth paying in that like in theaters right now who who can you say is deserving of your money yeah your like vote with your dollar zaslav not really. Gives Zazzle really. all the money. I'm, I'm being, I'm, I'm redditing right now. I'm, I'm, I'm being yeah. sarcastic. X said, pets often adopt the owner's personality traits. Is that true? Are what? you, are you throwing shade at me right now? Is that like, uh, like how they say like couples start to look like each other the longer they're together? I don't think that's necessarily true. Mm -hmm. I think people get together at first because they have like their similarities and just the right amount of genetic difference. But couples do look alike. Have you seen like- Oh, I'm in the wrong screen. Sorry guys, Gothics was invisible. I was on the three screen mode there. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. That's, I, I, I can usually judge how well my brain is working one day by how often I, by how many times I screw up the, the stream deck. Good catch. Marco sent $2 without a message. Thank you. Thank you. Baron of Grey Matter said, if money can't buy happiness, I'll go I guess I'll have to rent it. <laughs> well, I would, uh, you know, how much does it cost to rent happiness? Or what, no, what was the quote from the, the Chet Hanks in the, in the Trevor Wallace thing? Where it was like, he's like, respect isn't earned, it's rented, and the bill is due every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it was? It was like, re it's was like respect fun. is not earned, it's rented, and the bill is due every day. It's not owned, it's rented. I liked that skit because it shows that Chet knows exactly how he comes across I know. to other people. Like, I, dude. With his, like, <laughs> e-course on, like, fitness. Dude, there's also, like, they reposted the, um, somebody, uh, Ryan Long reposted the skit where he talks about being in the, ma like, he's like, the Matrix just takes everyone, man. He's like, he's like, you, just, you sometimes can't help it, the Matrix, if it wants you, it takes you. And then it's like him close up and then it cuts to a girl. She's like, you work for Best Buy. The Matrix didn't take, the Matrix didn't fire you. You got fired because you wouldn't shut up talking about it. And he's like, this is the most Canadian thing. He goes, payment processors which is the most <laughs> canadian thing i've ever heard in my entire life amazing Sorry. um those are all the okay all right now. uh we are moving on guys we've got beyond jay-z what do we have next this is a story about taylor swift yes. she is getting a, a lot of heat right now because her eras tour is homophobic <laughs> So not she, hard to believe. She has not been a sufficient I'm ally kidding. to the LGBTQ plus community, according to this journalist at The Guardian. Um, they say, as a queer Swifty, I can't help but wish she would channel that same energy, the one she directed at the security guard, and her enormous platform into denouncing a record number of anti-LGBTQ plus laws introduced across the U.S. This is her own fault. This is her own fault for courting the audience she now has. Her, she, di she dipped... 
her yes. toes into the political sphere and she's getting everything she deserves. Her era's tour is hitting uh, states like Florida, Texas, Tennessee, which have introduced legislation against uh, having underage people at drag events. Can't do that. Which I really can't find an argument against, but... <laughs> uh, Olivia Clare, who is a... a She's in the chat right now. I, I think I saw her earlier. She went to she she got some footage at an all age oh, really? all ages drag show at a church over the weekend, and it's gross. In one of these like, states, or it's is in it? Michigan. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah, I mean that stuff is pervasive in the culture right now. And after she posted it, she said like they were they doxed her. Her information got leaked. They tried to get her expelled. Like she's in a graduate wow. school program at school. And they're they're coming for her because these people are you know imagine take all the wrath of a Swifty mad at one of her ex boyfriends and then turn it loose on the political sphere and you have a recipe for disaster. Uh, it says for some Swift silence undermines or at least draws into question the flurry of LGBTQ plus advocacy she embarked on in 2019. Yep. After a gay friend helped Taylor realize her position on LGBTQ rights wasn't clear enough or loud enough, she came out swinging for the gays. <laughs> and she became politically outspoken in 2018, backing Democrats in the midterms, and since then has been very outspoken about uh lgbt issues despite not belonging to that community yep. she even came out with like this music video that had drag queens she, in like, it. Tries. like she's gone on stage with drag queens she's like dressed up in rainbows and Do you think she like looks at girls she's like be gay be gay, she, be gay. and like she tries and just doesn't work she's like it would be really lucrative for her um it, she's made all of the apparent overtures to solidarity yeah. but clearly doesn't actually believe any of this nonsense and she's not willing to put her money where her mouth is nope. at the end of the day so in a way i agree with this criticism but i don't sympathize with taylor now that her own fans are coming after her no nope, because he's... she has courted an audience that expects undying allegiance to wokeness as a program joker said it best you get what you effing deserve right she yeah, has yeah. it she has it coming to her and anybody her dad saw this coming her dad's like i don't know if that's such a good idea sweetie and her and her mom are like what do you know you're just a stupid man i think her dad thought he he was right but not in the way he thought he's a music executive he, isn't he? like he, he knew he knew what was going to happen what he was saying wasn't exactly how it panned out. He said that if you become politically outspoken on the left, then your right-wing fans or centrist fans the are going to be right alienated from your messaging and they're not going to go, you know, buy your albums anymore, go to your concerts anymore, buy your merch. So that was what he said, but what he didn't didn't seem to realize or at least warn her about out loud was it's really the left-wing fans that you've got to watch out for. They're because, the fair-weather friends. Yeah, they're the fair-weather fans who will turn on you yep. the second that you don't march in lockstep with their agenda. The she hasn't actually done anything wrong here nope. other than just 
not, not do enough not speak out enough you no, you're not doing enough you're never giving enough money you're never giving your platform enough yeah somebody's gonna write a second crazy letter with like the best way you can learn and grow is by donating to yeah. very specific charities that champion lgbtqia plus causes and then listening as the as members of the community advocate for what they need and then learning from their from their stories and then they'll give you this creepy communist-esque like letter mm -hmm. and you'll have to listen Listen, believe, and do all this stuff. And it's really just a night letter that said, do what we say or else. And it turns into a struggle session. Yeah. Here's another excerpt. Um, it's understandable that many stars are wary about speaking out. Not true. They're not wary at yes, all. Okay, they're so they're eager saying... to speak out at any opportunity, particularly when on stage. Yeah. Audiences have come for a show, not a political rally. I'm not so sure that that's true these days. They're saying she she's she was a country artist to start, so she's got right wing fans. She has not been country for a decade or longer. In 2007, like, yeah, she had right wing I love, fans. I love the song Tim McGraw as much as the next guy. In 2015, you don't need to worry about that anymore. No. In 2018, in 2020, that era of her career is long gone in the past. Yeah. She didn't have anything to worry about losing right wing fans. And, and, and if anything, even so, they, they don't would care. They would be fine. They're yeah, they the don't ones. Care. They are the ones who have to learn how to separate art from artists, yes. not the lefties. Yeah. The right wing fans. Are the, we are the ones, and I, I don't consider myself especially right wing, but at least in, in the context of this story, the people who say all this stupid crap, you have to learn how to read what they say and say, eh, but the movie was good. And then because you have to be the adult, you have to be the one who can separate fact from fiction, truth from fakeness. We're Stupid. living through an era of humanitarian and climate crises with a growing uh. backlash against the rights of women, people of color, and LGBTQ plus people. Today's pop stars aren't taking enough radical action. I hate these people. What would they even have the power to do if they did listen to this call to action? Other than raise just wave money flags on stage. And raise more money. And she actually has been donating to food banks on every stop of her tour, mm -hmm. But that's not enough because it doesn't cater to a certain minority group. Yep. Poor people don't matter to the left. And well, it, plus, like, look at Disney, right? Like, they're basically pricing out all the poor people from their events and yeah. from their, like, yeah. Um, they're asking her essentially to boycott certain states. And then she's like, hey, 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 I'm an ally. To a point. Yeah. But I'm also a capitalist and I've got money to make and I've got fans. Her argument would be, I've got fans that are, that agree with us in those states. They didn't, it's not their fault they have the misfortune of living in these evil right-wing states That's exactly that want to do the say. evil act of keeping babies from dying. But the, the truth here is that Taylor Swift's allyship or activism starts and stops exactly where it's convenient for her. Yeah. All celebrities. Yeah. All of them. Um, and, and I think that it's totally fair after you have introduced yourself as a political pundit and not just an artist yep. that you're going to be held to insane standards by these people. I, like I said, I, yeah, like, I kind of see what you mean by her dad, like thinking that she would lose. Like, I think her dad. He was coming more, from a different generation. But I, but I think it's also because he has a, a history. He was, a, he was either a music or a, a TV executive of some sort. He has history in the business. He knows what getting active, what making yourself an active member of the political class does to a 
to an entertainer's career. It divides it. This um, take from this journalist actually about her current relationship with Maddie Healy of the 1975 was interesting because it's a little bit heterodox. They said the current calls for Taylor Swift to denounce past controversies by her rumored boyfriend, Maddie Healy, for example, are both misogynist, expecting a woman to account for her partner's behavior and demonstrative of fan entitlement. I wouldn't call it misogynist, but I would call it fan entitlement. Yeah, I don't know what's misogynist about it. It's there's it's mostly women. Wait, they're saying that the female it's female fans that are saying this stuff, yeah. right? It's how can that be misogynist? There are zero misogynist men or far rallying less, far for less. for Taylor yeah. Swift to denounce her boyfriend. And if they are, it's because they want to date her. Performance art, yeah. <laughs> So Taylor, that, that's I agree. a bizarre take. I me. agree, Taylor. I don't think Matt Healy is good for you. I think I am good for you. You should break up with him because he's a bad person <laughs> who does push-ups in front of Ben Shapiro videos. I do sit-ups in front of Ben Shapiro videos. It's different and far better. I'm better for you. Taylor Swift's choice to be dating Maddie Healy, who is known as like this problematic, offensive yeah. white boy, yeah. it shows exactly what we're talking I about. I can be like, a problematic, offensive white boy. Come on. She... she merely pays lip service to these issues in her personal life it bears no importance or relevance to her I don't think that she cares about being on the right side of history Uh, not so much as as she can make press releases she's a mega rich Mm. mega powerful affluent white liberal female okay she's got pictures of Biden in her office none of these issues matter to her her bottom line matters to her So insofar as talking about LGBT issues will serve that and get her to sell more albums and sell more merch and get more people to subscribe to Speak Now TV, (laughs) then she'll do it. But if it actually means like shelling out money. It's just rainbow capitalism. It's it's that. I actually heard an interesting take, um, I think from Seamus recently, where he said, that um, this, the reason people talk about a uniparty is because we have one party that exclusively cares about um, being fiscally right-wing and socially liberal. liberal or neutral, and then the other party that um, only cares exclusively about being socially conservative, uh, liberal. Socially, oh yeah. So, oh, have, so, so the Republican Party only cares about being fiscally conservative. Yeah. They're only on the fiscal issues. The the they Democrat lips- Party only cares about social issues and yeah. not fiscal issues. Yeah. So in that way, they can actually unite in quite a, a convenient alliance where that's what you get is rainbow capitalism. Uh, in, the, in the chat, Sketch Therapy says, isn't Taylor twice your height, Brett? Are you K2 certified? Twice your height. I don't know if she's twice my height, but she's definitely taller than me. She's five eleven. Yeah, you're you're definitely right though. It, it's funny too because it's they they agree on more than they realize. Uh, and let's face it, like the Republicans are just they just pay lip service. Just just like uh, Democrats pay lip service to certain issues, the Republicans pay lip service to, to certain issues, and they all just do whatever they have to do to stay in power. Just like a Taylor Swift says what she has to to remain the status quo. To keep what she's yeah. got to do. Though I do like the song. Like I said, I was, I was listening to Style earlier. I do like that song. She is legitimately talented, just like J.K. Rowling is. Yep. Um, but yeah, we were saying this the other day. I don't feel f- bad for J.K. Rowling when 
the gender mob comes after her because she introduced them into yeah. her fan base and welcomed them with open arms. Uh, I think a lot what of do it, you expect to happen. They see it at like I don't. The thing is, I don't know if a lot of them knew about the size of the monster that they that they were creating um, in a lot of ways. So you I know. I just I don't sympathize with that. Like it's so easy to see where that can go wrong for you. No, no, see, the thing, if you're, if you're Taylor Swift, you work at, like, let's face it, she's, if she's touring as much as she is, she's not sitting around on her phone reading Twitter all day. She's working. She's going to rehearsals. She's going to, to meetings. She's taking on, you know, she's taking on endorsement deals. She's taking photos. She's always doing something. She's sure. not sitting there. We sit here. I don't know. I think you'd be surprised. Our, our job requires us to read a lot of news and look at the landscape of this stuff critically all day. I don't know if she does that. She probably pays people to do that, in which case the person whose job it was to tell her that this was a bad idea was the one that failed. But she's surrounded I, yeah. by yes they's so yes thems yeah 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 she yeah. wouldn't have she wouldn't have known she could she she would have been but, but at the same time i don't know how much it did did it help her a whole lot to she was going to be just as famous as she was before before she started caring about these social issues i don't know i don't know how much of it comes from a place of genuine concern like when she's fighting with her dad like is that her mom putting those ideas into her head that she needs to care about this stuff yes Think so? Yes, because we showed that clip from her documentary on the show where her and her mom are literally yelling at her dad about how it's her moral imperative to become politically outspoken. Uh, that was back in like 2018 or something. Yeah. Um, and they like triangulated against him on that front. So it was definitely like partly her mom that influenced her to do this. It's those awfuls, man. And it was weird that she was even looking for permission from her parents in the first place. She's being like a twenty-eight-year-old woman, yeah. yeah, or whatever, however old she was at the time. What was it, Dane? Dane earlier had the thing about uh, about the lady, the the lady making cutesy Instagram videos about her grandmother choosing assisted suicide. And he just put, he just said, like, progressive Bruh. white women are just, it's going to be the end of this. Like, we are so screwed. The made TikToks are dark, like, really blackpilling. Uh, there was a teenager who um, recently posted about, like, applying for made because of depression. And they, they've actually, Canada has delayed the, um, the point at which they'll allow people to apply for made based on mental illness alone. That's going to be in March next year. They delayed it from this year to next year. But the day is coming where, yeah, the government is literally going to put you in the suicide booth. They're like, have you thought about just, you know, ending it? Yeah, because they refuse to actually have, like, compassionate care and, like, resources for people who are in need. They're like, somebody's like, I stubbed my toe, it hurts. They're like, have you thought about the gas chamber? Literally, yeah. <laughs> it's sick. Ugh, it's just, and, and somebody says for Taylor, I think they're talking about Taylor Swift here. I think they say she was influenced by Lena Dunham years before. Is that true? Explain. I don't she, know. She, I'm picturing Taylor Swift. She, she gets done. With, like, this is my favorite. This is my side story. In my brain, this is what happens. She gets done with her concert. She goes backstage. She throws the microphone and she runs to the TV to watch episodes of Girls. Someone says she doesn't eat 8% of the population support. Um, if you're talking about 8% of the population being like Gen Z who identify vaguely as LGBT, yeah. which is mainly women who would check off the bisexual box. I was attracted to a girl once. That's, yeah. it's not say. necessarily the gay population that you're looking for support yeah. from. 
you're looking for the support of the woke population, which in millennials and Gen Z is actually sizable enough that she did monetarily benefit from becoming a political mouthpiece for them. Yeah. Maybe it's backfiring on her now or it will come yeah, later. Because it comes career, with strings. Because it comes with strings. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. Yep. All right. Uh, I don't know if we have any super chats. Do we okay. get, just move on? Yeah. Move let's, on? let's talk about iDubs. Second crisis party, guys. Come on. Okay. <laughs> uh, iDubs over the weekend posted a video titled, I Miss the Old iDubs, which is basically a direct quote from all of the people who have supported him since the 2016 YouTube mm -hmm. era. He got famous off of his edgy sense of humor and content cops, mm -hmm. where it was essentially the real accountability culture on YouTube upheld by, by him and some other people um, in his circle, um, where you couldn't get away with hypocrisy uh, without getting memed on. So mm -hmm. in the case of Tana Mojo, he... Uh, she she tweeted at iDubs basically shaming him for his use of the N-word on YouTube, which used to be kind of allowed on the platform. And he went and found all of the evidence that she herself was guilty of saying the N-word many, many, many times documented and uh, exposed her for her hypocrisy. He went to one of her fan meet and greets and stood next to her pretending to be a fan of hers. She didn't recognize him. And as they were about to take a picture, he threw up a thumbs up and he said, say N-word, like hard R N-word. Mm -hmm. And she made a story time video, um, catastrophizing about it, making Oof. things up about it. And the content cop was disastrous for her reputation and for anyone who had a content cop made on them. It was like actually disastrous for them. Um, to be held accountable for their hypocrisy in that way. And I really enjoyed that content at the time. His video is literally him saying to his fans, you're bad people. Yeah, but his video here, like, I the, miss the, the old iDubs. The title is outwardly mocking his own fans yeah. who say that they miss the type of content that gave him the fame that he has now and the He's platform saying, he has. I'm a better person than you now. Yeah. But I'm a better person by way of self-flagellation. He said, I haven't spoken candidly about my feelings on this channel. It's always been obscured by a video criticizing someone else or some kind of skit. I've changed and matured during my time here on YouTube, and I'm glad that I have. And the top comment here says, I never would have guessed that his final content cop would be on himself. I saw that. Um, so he said he had this damaging rhetoric in the past where uh, he would rely on shock content for views. He wasn't capable or like confident in his capability to entertain without doing so. I also want to point out, before we go any further, I want to point out that if, if his content is damaging, your parent, you should look squarely at the parents of the kids who are not being raised properly to be able to judge reality fake what's real what's fake and being raised properly yes people can make content that might be bad but there's stuff shown on tv every day that's not real that's awful and a, a little bit of responsibility from the families who allow their kids to watch uninterrupted youtube or uninterrupted television all the time what should also play a role into this i don't like the narrative of like i'm responsible for my audience yeah, 
I mean, it, to be fair, it's mostly teenage boys who are influenced by him. And there's there's a comment. There's a comment here. It says, "I appreciate the vulnerability. I've never been a fan. As a high school teacher, I saw the impact of your videos yeah. and content like yours in real time on real kids. But I think people can grow and change." What she's saying is, you you should feel good that you now feel bad. Right. You should feel good that you now feel bad. You're right. This is the beginning. <sighs> but you can change and you can come out the other side of this. Every time I hear somebody talk like this, they sound like authoritarian shitheads <laughs> who just want to, to just shame you into changing your perspective so that they, that, oh. She's oh, a literal you're, school mom. You're a, you're a good person now. Now that you're more like me. Now that you see the world the way I do, you're a better person. That type of shit is awful i hate people like this he's soliciting that validation yeah, though, yeah. From it's them. what he wants and he's he's almost worse yeah. for courting it for wanting it he called his old content hurtful and damaging he said he cultivated a culture of apathy and cruelty through his content cop videos and he convinced himself at the time that he was doing it for the right reasons which is like the, his reasons at the time are still good reasons like even if you could say his content was like maybe needlessly inflammatory, it needed to be called out. That level of hypocrisy was widespread on YouTube. And it, Tana Mojo did need to be humbled when she's calling people out for her own sins. Like, and now essentially she's won in this story because he backed down and apologized to her fully. And she was doing this as an adult. Yeah. It's just... Um, it would have been one thing if she was just a kid who was clueless and didn't know better. But she was a, fully an adult doing this and needed to be called out because she had just as pub public of a platform as he did. It's just uh, like his whole apology. The first part of it, I, I enjoyed the first part of the apology because it seemed more sincere to me. Like he at least seemed like he was coming from a place where he's talking about like... Um, I felt vulnerable. Like he's like, I didn't feel like my content was good. I had to, I had to hurt other people to make good content because I, I felt inadequate. That felt real to me. Like those were actual okay. fears that he had. The rest of it felt like virtue signaling. It was. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's turned into the stereotypical leftist yeah. with the mustache and the mullet to match. Yeah. Like he's adopted the look. And of I'll, every leftist male feminist out there. He, he points out in the video, he goes, he goes, those videos are up there still. I'm like, yes. Yeah. So he, like he delete your channel, that. delete your channel. He defended that because he thinks that he doesn't want to like hide his past or like hide the mistakes that he's made. But these money, these videos still make money. So such, his, such his justification for that, he said that the ad revenue on his apology video and on the content cops is going to be donated to causes that help the minority groups that he was damaging with his past content. Prove so to me that these organizations include the National Alliance on Mental Illness and the Trans Women of Color Collective. Videos that are making less money now, I guess, that you can write off on the taxes as an independent contractor, right? Like, also, like, prove to me they were damaging. How this individual, this singular video damaged anyone. I think all of his fans here are rightfully saying, like, I'm not a bad person because I enjoyed your sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah, he's insulting the people who liked your content, who liked his content. And that's, that's what I was saying earlier. Like, the contempt for the audience isn't just coming from mainstream Hollywood anymore. Yep. It's also from YouTubers who forget where they came from 
and forget the people who gave them the platform that they have to be preaching right now. Like, uh, one comment said, I'm a 34-year-old bomb of three and I watched you for a long time. I don't think I'm a basement dweller or ever was. I don't know. I guess I just enjoyed your humor. But I can see how that can attract a lot of these people. Yeah. Like, he's painting his audience with a broad brush and he's like tarring and feathering them but getting out with his hands clean in the end because the woke people have accepted him into the fold there is a fair argument to be made that it is at the very least good that he you're able to be to self-reflect you should be able to be introspective about the things that you create. That's why I thought the first part of the apology sounded real to me, right? Like he's like, look, I was, I was insecure. I didn't know if the content that I was making, uh, if I could make content that people would watch without trying to harm the reputation of somebody else. There are very few people in the world that are actually, it feels to me, I should say, I shouldn't say there are, that's a, that's a blanket statement. It feels to me that these days, whether because of the culture we've created where on the internet, it's very hard to admit when you're wrong. Like very few people people want to be self-reflective because that can be difficult. Sure. So that's fine. But it's when you elevate it to this tone where you're almost, it's a weird type. It's almost fetishizing it. I, another really strange part of this video is that he openly admits that he doesn't have the capability to empathize yeah. and that he only very recently feels like he is able to have empathy for other people and claims that it's more of a skill than something you're born with. And that is not true. Wait, say that again? He said that empathy is more of a skill that you gain over time rather than something that you're born with. That is not true. Empathy is innate in everybody who is not a clinically so, diagnosed sociopath. Yeah. Empathy is something you're born with, and it's not a skill. And I think that actually he's listening just and adopted... Is, listening and believing is something he, that you can... That he you has can now, learn. yeah, adopted this cloak of woke ideology yep. as a substitute for empathy because yep. he never had it. And that's a, that's a defect in himself. It would take more bravery to like actually realize that something is wrong with you than to point outside of yourself and say there's something wrong with everyone else. Yep. He's like essentially supplanted his lack of empathy with a new like political or like social worldview yeah. that he adopted from other people on the internet. That's not empathy. It's also different because it's like, how does that compare to what he's like in real life, right? Like how you are on the internet is yeah. very different from how what you are What does that mean for how you treat individuals in your life? Yeah. Yep. He's, what did he say? Like 32 years old and only yep. recently feels like he had any capability to step in another person's shoes? Like, is that just uh, inherent to growing up in a life where you were busy doing your job at as a content creator for a long time and you just weren't thinking that way? I don't way? think so. Like, That's not normal yeah. to not have empathy. It's kind of like when people talk about like how uh, they say there's people with no inner monologue. They yeah. just live and they just, they don't, they don't talk innately to, you know, inherently to themselves. They don't right. have a discussion. My, I'm constantly arguing with myself in my mind, like constantly. Like my brain never shuts off. That's one of the problems for me is like, right? Like I'm going to the, like I'm going to get like a 
stuff done at the auto shop today. I was getting the inspection done. And like, what if I'm not back in time? What is this? It's like, should I have done this? What is this? Like my brain You're is, able to think of conditional statements. My brain what if never this shuts up. What if this didn't happen what? in the past? There are some people yeah. who aren't capable of doing that. I, it's I like, what it. if, what if, how would you feel if you didn't eat breakfast this morning? Idubs, how would you feel if you didn't make content cops? <laughs> but I did. <laughs> like, but I did make but content I, but I, did. I, I get the argument <laughs> to that one because that's just like, that, to a lot of people that's just pragmatism. Like, why would I entertain this question? It's their idea of like, what pragmatism yeah. is. But, I mean, he he quite literally admitted that he is using woke ideology as a substitute for having empathy for other people. And it, it, this is a cloak of vulnerability. This mm -hmm. is not real vulnerability. Vulnerability would mean... Like, <laughs> it, it wouldn't mean pointing the finger at everyone else. Yeah. He's pointing the finger at his own audience that got him here. Yeah. Uh, uh, eventually, he'll 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 peak where he'll suddenly one day be like, "I'm an empath." Yeah. Which is the height of narcissism. Like that's all male feminists. Yes, I'm an literally. empath. Like uh, I feel more deeply than you. I can't believe that some people are falling for this. By the way, like some people are actually taking I, this apology at face value i thought the first part was fine i thought the first four minutes were fine <clears throat> were fine it drifted off into hyperbole after four minutes that's when more of the buzzwords started for to me come with in. the context of what's been going on with him especially creator clash and like ousting froggy fresh from the lineup of creator clash and all of the um fake ass reasons that he came up with for doing so and his uh weird like defense of his wife doing only fans and sex work and stuff like this he's taken up these causes to seem like a good person yep. but i don't think that he is actually a good person yep. there's a 20 dollars one right there from perturbed alpaca thank you i'm still catching up idubs makes me sad now i miss him and h3h3 and their good content live by content cop die by the content cop i guess yeah, H3 is another one who just totally 180'd. And back in the day, they were egging each other on. If you see, like, there's still clips accessible on the internet where they are saying the hard R N-word on YouTube. We're just in a time now where, like, technology... The, those comments are going to be at your fingertips all the time. The articles are written twice as fast. The organized, like, pushback against someone when they step out of line is so fast now. You do something wrong, and there's 10 articles written with, about you in an hour that are all going to now be the front page of your, uh, of your search results, right? Like, you're literally battling SEO it's when you're... It's weird that that was also the case in 2017. But people weren't as connected as they are now. Now people are more connected. Like, 2017, you might have had a, a few lingering people who didn't have their face buried in their phone all the time. Now, everyone's face is buried in their phone all the time. Mm-hmm. You're just, you can't escape it anymore. It does feel terrifying to me how you can't escape it. it is, like, I know that like, it's, it's a joke into like, or to somebody like Andrew Tate, it's a, it's a, it's a way to, to draw a real world comparison or an artistic comparison, like the matrix. But it really does feel like if you have a business, especially if you have a business and you're living online, you can't escape it. You can't get away from it. It's not something you can rightly just ignore. A lot of times, like, you can ignore the cyberbullying. Like, just put your, like, they say, like, just, just put your phone down. But you can't, if you're a high enough profile, you can't ignore what it's going to do to your career. 
he benefited from yeah. it though. But now, but I'm saying, but now, like the average person can't. They can't like, or the average person can't do that the same way that they did then. The world, the the landscape has changed in a lot of ways. So yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. It's just sad to remember a time on YouTube when Is there he, were dissenting voices allowed to grow and thrive on the platform. And now that is not even close to a possibility for other people. Yeah. Also, people like when I was saying earlier about phones and like uninterrupted YouTube time and stuff like that, they said, what about you know, uninterrupted PCC time? I said, like, look, it, it, like you have to be able to to moderate right if you've got kids you have to moderate there was a i mentioned it on, i don't think that children should watch the show like i like yeah well i'm not even just talking about us i'm saying youtube in general but yeah. like on, on friday i pointed out like on irl is like one of the most ruthless memes that i saw recently says happy mother's day and it was just a picture of tablets it's like to all the mothers out there <laughs> it was a bunch of ipads like uh, you know oh we've got one from airtas oh did 18.1 miles yesterday in two hours and 43 minutes. Brain went from... Hold off. Thank you, Ian. We're happy you're back, Ian. We need, you. we need your perspective on IRL. You make everything... You elevate the conversation. All you gotta do is party. And an Ian party is better than an, any other party because an Ian party don't stop, I'm sure. It don't. He said, um, my brain went from making up random stories to math to philosophy. It's crazy to think people don't even say things to themselves in their heads. Dude, my brain never that shuts. Is is it, how do you, just, do you, do you talk, is your inner monologue consistent or is it, is, is it like less, um, I guess it would be hard to know in comparison to somebody else. How would you, like, how often do you feel like you have that type of innate conversation with yourself? I actually, I mean, I know I do have an inner monologue, but most of the time I'm having imaginary conversations with other people in my head. Yeah. It's kind like, of like people I know or people I used to know. Like I make up things rather than talk to myself. Like it's the meme of like me, me finally winning that argument in the shower three hours later. Not necessarily like <laughs> even arguments, but like. Yeah, I I think about like future conversations that I'm going to have. That's why you're so and good what at they might say. That's why you're so good at debating and uh, and telling well, only not, not according to everyone. Yeah. Some people think I'm ruthlessly outmatched by destiny. By destiny. <laughs> That's so stupid because Destiny's whole debate tactic is just to talk as fast as possible with saying the least amount of information, hmm. say so many points that you can't possibly respond to all of them. Yeah. Which is intellectually dishonest sophistry. It's, I mean, isn't that Vosh's tactic too? That too, um, yeah. It's like, it's like if I use enough word salad, it'll confuse you. Also, it, it's supposed to condition like. Uh, an appeal to authority like well they used all those big words they must know right. what they're talking about like and we as we know language to leftists and language to people that argue against them are usually quite different you're saying you're having a different conversation but you're using the same words mm -hmm. because you've both redefined the language sufficiently that you're not even talking about the same thing by the time you get there it was also kind of doomed from the start you're debating about the ethics of polyamory with somebody who doesn't have the same view of what marriage is yeah I don't even, I, I, I wish that we had gotten more into that, but like, it's impossible to really reach common ground at that point. Do you, uh, like, for, like when you have your, your inner monologues and you're talking like to other people, are you, are you imagining like what you like what the conversation would be about? Yeah. Like, like just purely from a speculative per like perception, like I wonder, then do you like have that conversation and rate like how close it actually got <laughs> to like what you were imagining it would be? 
I don't know. See, I realized for me, you know what it, you know what it is? Is like as somebody who did this is when you do a lot of drugs, not like not like like tripping, like like I'm saying, but like when you're using opiates and stuff, like it dulls that that side of your brain. And like, it's like when you pointed out, we had that discussion, you said like, you're highly, or, or like you're neurotic. And I never thought of myself that way because so many of those formative years for me, where you, you develop a lot of your sense of self once you get uh, in your twenties, because it's when you start facing problems on your own, right? Uh, you, you don't have your parents, you don't have somebody to help you out of all these problems. And I had to spend a lot of those years, I was using, uh, I spent a lot of those years almost in a fake sense of like calm. So I wasn't having that inner model. Like I realized it again when I was uh, like, like recently like driving, like just the amount of decisions that have to go into something like that. There's a lot of those years where you're just like not even questioning it. Like you're not even making decisions based on anything like that because you've been numbed to a point. Someone said, uh, this is Darth Doza. Spooky, I do the same, Mary. It used to be just in my head, then in my car and decent, decently, recently caught myself saying it out loud steals brett's hat no i can't can't take my hat off is it one of your lucky ones this is uh you can never go wrong with all black for a hat for like it's like a, like literally like just wear all black that way everything matches like you don't have to other than browns and even then i'm i'm on team like brown and black i think you can wear brown and black together even though they say you shouldn't i never wear the color brown you should i don't uh, think it looks good on me earth tones are uh for specific you know some people like if you're an earth tone person you're usually like all in on earth tones and you wear them a lot i'm yeah. not i'm not not that person, person. let's yeah. go to super chats um this mm -hmm. one's from c2 gaming yes. mary as an autist i had to manually develop social skills i'm not defending him but we're not created equal nicely done on whatever by the way thank is, you is he in is he autistic social skill no he never he didn't say that he has autism or anything like that okay. um social skills that's slightly different from what he was referring to though like, empathy and social skills aren't necessarily the same thing you can mime social sociopaths norms. do that all the time yeah that's, yeah. How, that's why they're so good at it yeah because they have all they can develop the social skills with none of the inner internal feelings that prevent you from doing the bad things that uh you know that people think about mm -hmm. like recently there was this clip of desantis that went viral where he goes into i don't even know what we've, he's doing we've, he goes we've into mentioned, some like, politics like, a couple of times today yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. on my mind. He went into some like restaurant or something and people were filming him and he went up to this guy and he met him and he was like, hello, um, asked him what his name was. He said, like, I'm so and so. And then DeSantis just goes, OK. And then like keeps like turns his attention elsewhere. And it's like it, it that's really weird to other people yeah. like that comes across as very strange to other people. Um, Social skills, you can learn those. Empathy, I don't think you can learn that. You're born with that. That's, I mean, even just speaking like about evolutionary like psychology, you need empathy to survive. So, so DeSantis just goes, okay. He literally just said, okay, and then turned his attention. Like, I wonder if it's one of those things like it was like a long day. Probably, just, yeah. Like, like just yeah, got I'm, caught. Like, yeah. But it comes across strangely. And if the, you're a politician, the same thing happens, you can't slip like, up. You know, it, it happens anytime we have, like, take a photo. It's like, where do I put my arm in the photo? <laughs> it's like, 
you don't want to get me too'd? Well, not, not just that, but also just like, you know, like there's just social implications to a lot of stuff that like in, in skating, it, it always seems, it's always such a meme for in, in our community, in, in the skating community. So it's like the best always seem to be like mildly autistic because to get that good <laughs> at something, to just do a physical to activity. To hyperfixate. To hyperfixate on something mixed with physical ability. It's like a rare subset of people. So it's like, it's like you go to a competition and everyone's like kind of averting their eyes. And even me, who is not the most socially capable a person is better at faking it than some of the other ones, right? Yeah. Like I can fake being good at, at social interactions for at least a little bit. I'm the, like, what's the term? Like ambivert? Like I just socially, I, I just get worn out yeah. very, very easily. Also, like from what I can tell from like autistic people talking about their empathy, they say it's stunted. They don't say it doesn't exist. Yeah. When Idub says he literally had zero capability to empathize with people until now, yeah. that comes off as phony. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, you, like, you're telling me you never once had an empathetic thought about, like, what would this do? Like, what would happen if I did this? What would happen if I did that? It's like, but now yeah. I'm enlightened because <laughs> I'm woke. Like, as, that's almost more insane to think that, like, you could just one day wake up and be like, oh, now I get it. No, I sympathize with trans sex workers who are black and disabled. Also, so I have empathy. It's also, now that I think about it, that the, the social interactions, that's maybe where most of my inner monologue goes. For, like, it's the hyper, <laughs> it's the hyper focus on whether I'm, like, am I, am I humaning right, right now? Am I, like, is this the right way to human? I, I ask myself that. A lot that. of people get that. I think I ask myself that on a very regular basis where I'm like, like, I like, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, there's a reason, like, I don't go down to, like, the green room midway like before they go up a lot of times because like everyone's mid conversation mm -hmm. and i'm like whose conversation am i just going to just drop into right now i don't a bomb i on. don't want to do that i just i just um. uh, like sometimes i have to go down there to get something and there's just a bunch of people talking and i'm not going to just randomly insert myself I in someone's conversation your discomfort with it shows that you have empathy yes. and that you do have social skills someone who has no social skills or empathy mm. wouldn't even consider that as yeah. an issue they would just do it not even thinking about what other people how other people would perceive it yeah uh, Gross John said, Mary, we made a 15-minute supercut of the best moments from your whatever appearances on Spaghetti Warriors channel, also on the subreddit. Nice. Thank you. I'll look at that. 15 minutes of just nothing. 15 but minutes. Wow. Mary, Mary's like 15 minutes of me putting OF girls in their place. Don't mind if I do. I, I probably spoke for 15 whole uninterrupted minutes that whole time. So Listen, you're that a bad, was all of it. You're a bad person. <laughs> and you, should... you, you exhausted the resources. Yeah. John Stewart said, I have a similar inner monologue, Mary. Well, I guess at that point, it's not a monologue. It's an inner dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I talk to myself nearly as much as I talk to imaginary people in my head. Yeah, mine is more just coming up with the worst case scenario of every possible outcome <laughs> of everything that's going to happen. It's, but okay. Brett's also like, I'm not neurotic. <laughs> I, I never said that. I said, I never thought of myself as neurotic until you pointed it out. But I'll, I'll give you an example. So yesterday we went to like, uh, we went to get Korean barbecue and I was like, what time should I leave? It says this would take 42 minutes. I was like, if I leave this time, like, should I get gas now? Should I get gas later? Should I leave? And this is like an hour and a half before it. And I'm just sitting there thinking, but luckily I left uh, an extra 15 minutes early and there was a car crash somewhere. So I made it there just on time. Perfect. Wow. Inner monologue, perfectly beneficial to me in that, in that context. Cause otherwise, like I imagine, are there people that just say, must be there by four drive says it is this long. 
I can leave at this time. And then they just literally don't think about it again until they leave. Or do they sit there and, and like ponder what could go wrong or what should I do? Not even like in, not even in like a nihilistic, like something bad's going to happen type of way, but just like thinking of all of the possible outcomes and why it's not going to work out or why, why it might not work out. Yeah. That's yeah. neuroticism right there. That's me. Thank, thank goodness. <laughs> all right, guys. Before we go, could you like this video and subscribe to this channel if you have not done so already? Oh, there's one more there for, for me, Mary. Potatoes for Seamus said, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Hi, Brett and Mary, Baba Booey. Ah, yes, we, we do you. love that one. Oh, and also, I am going to end the poll today. Uh, I did ask you guys, I said, did you check out my most recent video? Uh, I did a video called, Have You Seen? It was about a TV show called Person of Interest. In this video, I tell you why you should watch it. I tell you all about the show and why everyone should go and check it out. It was a lot of fun for me to make because, you know, there's a lot of, you know, nihilism and there's a lot of negativity when you have to talk about such serious social issues, or I guess maybe not the most serious of social issues, but there's social issues nonetheless. So I wanted to make something where I could talk about something that I really loved, which is this television show. I do recommend you go check out that video. It is on the channel when you are done watching this podcast today. Like this video, subscribe to this channel if you have not done so already. Mary, where can they find you? You can send me validation on Instagram at Mary Archived, or you can send me hate on Twitter. That is also Mary Archived. Now they're saying, Brett, you're just neurotic. So I'm. I'm you just, are. I'm just. I'm just <laughs> Don't neurotic. worry. That's, you are. That's fantastic. I, I love it. It's, see, Don't this, worry. You're neurotic. <laughs> It's perfect, right? It's like uh, it's like there's a there's a reason why you ended up making all those mistakes you made when you were younger. It's uh, it's it's the Sherlock Don't Holmes. Don't be neurotic demands. about it. You're just neurotic. Yeah, quit being so neurotic about your neuroticism. It's <laughs> it's unbecoming, my friend. Uh, if you'd like to follow me and all my neurotic thoughts that I post on Instagram and Twitter at Brett Dastavik on both of those platforms, this show Pop Culture Crisis is here five days a week, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. If you'd like to listen to this podcast. We are on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and Spotify. If you'd like to follow the show, the show on social media, we are on Twitter at Pop Culture underscore Show, Facebook and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis, and on Instagram at Pop Culture Crisis Pod. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Bye.